Hey everyone, today is Tuesday the 18th of April 2017, this is The Gap, episode 366. I'm Luke Laurie, Joe Goro's here as well. How you going? Yeah, I'm good enough, I You're guess. You're good? Nah, I'm awesome! Just play squash, motherfuckers. You're all fit? Oh, I'm super fit. Are you tired? Sec- second day in a row. I'm not, I'm not tired. You're I'm not good. tired? Do you know who is tired? Uh, no. No, Nathan Lawrence is here as well. Are you tired, Nathan? Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm... Full disclosure, I'm jet-lagged as fuck, and I'm going to be drinking, so there's a good chance I'll be lit as fuck by the end of this, because that's how I stay awake. Have you got some, uh, like, Red Bull or, um... Ding! Anything to <laughs> to spice it up a bit? No. No, I don't, actually. So, I'm just going to stick with alcohol. I know that it's uh, counterintuitive, but I will persevere, nonetheless. Okay. You just have to stick with that. Um, when did you fly back in? I landed at uh, six this morning. <laughs> On curfew. Yeah. Um, on the second longest flight in the world. So, Dallas to Sydney. 16 hours. Oh, wow. Nice. Direct. So, wow. Okay. What yeah, did you do on the plane? Slept a lot. Oh, wow. That's pretty good. But, like, the wrong Were time. Were you assisted you know, or? Assisted? <laughs> in a sleeper yeah. hole? Uh, oh, no. With, uh, sleeping pills. No. I don't, I don't uh, do that. Doesn't do drugs. I just... I just sleep on the way back. I just sleep. Like, every time I come back, because these trips, you know, like, they're three or four days. So, by the time you start actually getting used to the time, you're flying out at night anyway. So, you know, you have your shitty meal on the plane, and then you pass out pretty much straight after that. Yep. Were you premium economy? Yeah, I was. Oh. It's not that bad. Oh. Fucking harden up. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Trevor. <laughs> Uh, anyway, um, yeah, should we should we talk about that <laughs> straight off the bat then? Because we haven't really sure. caught up with you, so we don't know how you've been. Yeah, yeah, this is uh, it's good. You don't want to know, like you shouldn't definitely shouldn't talk to me about game stuff if you want to get me on a podcast to rant. <laughs> so I was uh, over uh, in Orlando, uh, the place in America that is renowned for old people. Alligators killing children, convention centers, and theme parks. And that's it. Yeah. That's the only reason that place exists. Um, it's not a place I would recommend visiting outside of any of those things. I don't know why you'd want to get your children killed by alligators. What's the best thing you ate? Uh, nothing. Alligator. It was all pretty, pretty garbage, man. What? Well, no, not garbage. That's not fair. It was all just average. Like, uh, we had one of our handlers was taking care of where we'd go for food. and you know, Everything was passable. I, I was trying to ask about, like, uh, local cuisines, like, local flavor. I always like to try that. But they didn't really seem to have anything. Everywhere seemed to be just different. It wasn't that staple thing. So we just kind of ate, you know, what you'd normally eat in America, which is everything. Mexican food. Yeah. <laughs> <And> burgers. <laughs> and then pizza. The hotel we stayed at um, didn't actually have room service that started until 5 o'clock. So to eat, I was reliant on what I called the commissary, which was like a snacks closet downstairs that they still charge you for. Or oh, right. the sneaky pizza guy who delivered food to a corresponding uh, apartment? What am I saying? Hotel room uh, the yeah. night before and had snuck like brochures under everyone's door. And uh. <laughs> I had to, literally had to run back at one stage to grab mine from a room when uh, I was hanging out with Steve Wright because I still had the do not disturb sign on my door and that's the only reason we were able to eat lunch that day. But, wow. you know, the pe- like, again, like the food was okay. Like Orlando is just the most sort of, you know, 
passing grade American city I've been to. <laughs> <laughs> like it, like there was nothing that was particularly terrible about it, but there was nothing that it's was a real C minus of a place, huh? Yeah, like well done. You know, you you don't get held back for the year, but uh, nor do you progress with any sort of head held highness. Sure, but they've got they've got like Disney World, don't they? Yeah, I didn't end up going to the theme parks. So again, like if you want to see oh. theme parks, Disney World plus Universal Studios. The timing didn't work out, man. There was some mm. uh, organizational issues, shall we say. So the uh. one free day that we had in that time, we required in two separate instances to collect two different passes that would allow us into separate things right. uh, at two different locations. So it was, uh, mm. yeah. So that, that's like, why... It was like one person could have done that. It feels like one person who was no doubt being paid to be yeah, there could, like, could have done that. It's just the you know the bureaucracy for the sake of bureaucracy. I mean, like the first pass yeah. was for the convention itself, so you had to turn up as an individual and be on the list. But uh, Steve Wright from Survivor got an email saying that his credentials were there and I didn't get one. So I was shitting myself on the way over thinking like, I've got to waste all my time. We had to wait in a giant line to get through security. Uh, thankfully the line for getting the passes wasn't too long, but we got up there and he's like, wait, here's my email. You know, you should have credentials for me. And she's like, no, <laughs> she had mine. Uh, <laughs> then in the end, he just lingered long enough and was like, well, I've got the email. And she's like, okay, you got the email. Here, have a pass. <laughs> like, oh so- my Lord. Yeah, so in the end it was all right, but um, <laughs> and then later on we had to get a special, like uh, I've never heard this before in my life, Joby, and you tell me if you have. Mm. I had uh, a special wristband that was under embargo. What it was handed what? to us like we were fucking spies in World War Two. It was handed to us upside down. We were okay. told to pocket it. We were told that we weren't allowed to put it on until the next day. Uh, and that we definitely weren't allowed to take photos of it. Apparently, there's people that, you know, if you st- uh, share stuff on social, they get their 3D printers out or whatever. And <laughs> we'll just. Oh, yeah, okay. okay. So I guess it makes sense, you know, but it was just, it was very bizarre. I've, I've never had that before. Um, and, and obviously, given the popularity of um, Star Wars Celebration and the fact that I think in the Battlefront 2 panel alone, there was like 5,000 people on there that were saying so. Uh, that was only a fraction of the people coming through the doors. It was uh, it was huge. You can understand why people would want uh, sort of preferential treatment. Sure, but yes, yeah. yeah, so I was there for Battlefront too. It's a long, long, ranty way to say that. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Obviously, uh, there was rumours that uh, there was going to be a trailer for the Visceral game there. That didn't turn out to be true, unfortunately. Fuck that! Like, it's coming. Like, where the fuck is that shit? It How the fuck do we have stuff? No, it can't be this year. year. Yeah, but no. but you'd imagine that. They're kind of overdue, f- like like the E three thing, or they're not at E three, whatever they do, the EA yeah EA play yeah yeah that thing that they'll be they'll obviously have Battlefront two multiplayer hands on, and I imagine it'll take it'll be kind of familiar to what they did with um, Battlefield one, mm-hmm. it's some yep. sort of live play thing, which is cool. Uh, but I I also hope that they're going to be able to show more stuff because like last year, no two years ago. I want to say 2015. Yeah. 2015 was when they had the Star Wars at EA future thingy. Mm. Was it 2016? Oh, it was either a year or two ago. And they had like people from Visceral and Motive and all this stuff talking about games. And they had little bits of concept art. And they had little bits of gameplay that looked promising. <laughs> Some sort of third person over the shoulder open world uh, game that wasn't Battlefront. 
Yeah. I believe that was what uh, Visceral is working on. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I was like, oh, sweet, sweet, nice little tease, but um, nothing else has really been said about it since. And I th- you'd think, you'd think that Celebration was the place to do it, but I guess the way that EA saw it was more like, well, we've got to have Battlefront there, but we kind of want to hold on to our stuff for that whole who won um, E3. Maybe, maybe they didn't want to, like, Titanfall 2 it. Oh, God. <laughs> just, I, like, completely squash one of their games well, again. Do, do, you, do you think that... I don't think that would have happened, right? Because, I mean, like, whatever... You would have to assume that whatever they're going to announce, whatever Visceral is going to announce, um, it's going to be new, right? Like, it's... Yeah. It's going to be a new IP, even though it's set in the Star Wars universe, and, and that's still going to be required to do a bit of work... Uh, I mean, obviously, people are just going to buy because it's got Star Wars on it. But also, like, and when you say Battlefront, like Battlefront's got a pedigree before Dice had it, um, so it's already got following. I don't think it would, right? You, you wouldn't expect it to overshadow. Yeah, you would, Joe. No, no, I, I wouldn't. I, that was a uh, yeah. I I'm with you on that. Lagnate uh, gets one. Boom. Market down. <laughs> um, yeah, it's. Uh, yeah, I don't know. The whole fucking thing's weird. I, we didn't hear Respawn either, right? Like, so, no Visceral, no Respawn, barely any fucking Battlefront. I just don't understand. <laughs> it seems like a giant wasted fucking... Oh, sorry, I'm stomping all over your shit. Why don't you tell us about Battlefront? Stop away. What I said, I will. <laughs> found confusing was that, um, like, there's three developers or something working on this game, right? And they're all working on different components. Um, I, yeah, heard, I heard you say Motive. That's Jade Raymond's studio, right? Yeah, there was only. It's really new. It was only built in 2015. I found in my research. So they're no. obviously working on multiple things, and they're not just doing Battlefront. Are they? Surely. Uh, I believe they're also assisting with Visceral. Don't quote me on that. Uh, I, I think that they're helping out with the Visceral game. Um, you'd imagine they'd have something else up this. I don't know how big they are, to be honest. But I, I don't see Jade Raymond, Raymond leaving as like a creative director and going from making like her own games at UB to Motive and then doing like parts of games, like little side stuff. That just doesn't make any sense. If if they've got like a big big uh, like in house studio, then maybe they're just working on this was something they were helping out with. But I'd surely think that they'd be working on something themselves at least someone mute and google while i rant then and find out uh but yes that would make sense what i do like about the fact that there's three developers working on it is as you know you always get a bit worried um with the the way that sort of publishers uh have release schedules now i mean it's most evident in things like call of duty and fifa and stuff like that the um the yearly iterating titles but call it Excuse me, Call of Duty has been able to address that to a certain extent by moving it from a two-year development cycle to a three-year development cycle. Not that that's helped to necessarily improve the quality of the games, Mm. but like conceptually, right? The idea that someone's been working on a game for three years versus two years or versus one year, like if you look at FIFA, um, which was EA Canada, who does that? So they're only obviously able to do certain things every year because they've only got a year to be able to, to fix what was piss people off to add new stuff and blah, 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 blah. Uh, but what I like about it is because you, I was very concerned that DICE was going to be making Battlefront 2 because they've just shipped Battlefront, uh, Battlefield 1. And I get that they're a big development studio, but like lots of split resources across two big 
IPs mm. is not good. So what was great was that they actually talked about the the roles that each developer is taking. So DICE is just in charge of multiplayer, which is fantastic. That's yep. what they should be in charge of. Um, just in, in, sorry just to interrupt. Just in, in charge of multiplayer and engine support which is something that they've been doing for like fucking every frostbite game for ages mm-hmm. and i've been having my own concerns about how that's impacting their workload obviously the engine team isn't the same as other elements of the team but like but that's yeah. completely outsourced isn't it like my understanding was that dice stockholm as in the dice is yep. just multiplayer and because of the fucking kerfuffles of battlefield 3 and the battlefield 4 that's yep. why that like la was it la studio or something hardline dice? yeah D- dice la yep. but that's that was the studio that was still creating content for battlefield 4 but also in charge of like fixing netcode like i thought that that was basically how they were kind of started to take care of that and i feel oh, really? like yeah, even though everything like everyone who works on Frostbite can create new technologies that will feed back into a central thing that other developers can pull from, my understanding is that there is a dedicated team, not even at Stockholm, who is working on like netcode and 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 all that important stuff. Which is why um, Battlefield One comparatively had an amazing launch <laughs> mm. uh, next to Battlefield Four in particular. Yeah. yeah. So I hope that that's the same. And, and I, I feel like that's probably why they don't get mentioned because they're not actively developing the sort of stuff that we would see in touch. Yeah. Uh, as important as their role is. So DICE, Stockholm, just on multiplayer. Then you've got Motive in charge of the campaign, which is good, I think, that you're keeping it separate. You're sure. also giving it to, you know, um, what was it, Jade Raymond, did you say? Jade yeah, so Raymond. Jade Raymond Who- is Motive. Yeah, so so she's, you would have to assume, kind of in charge of that, like that team focused on the story, which is good. She's got a background in creating like good action games. I don't know so much about. Just to clarify, like clarify on the Jade Raymond thing, Mm -hmm. right? Their first announced thing was collaborating with Visceral on their Star Wars game. Yep. So their first announced thing was side work for Visceral. So yeah, she must have shifted. She was only she only only I say only, but obviously I, I'm not being I'm not trying to be fucking dismissive here. But she was only an EP at Ubisoft. She wasn't she wasn't a creative director. She was an executive producer. Yeah, I mean it's still a creative role. Um, so and and from going from that to it says here she's now a founding she's the founder. Studio. Yeah. She's the GM. Like. Yeah, she's gone from EP level to GM level. That's why she did it. Yeah. Money. <laughs> uh, yeah. And also, like, I would imagine a, a chance to work in something new. Um, Assassin's Creed by Ubi's own admission has hit a stale point where they had to kind of pull it from the yearly release schedule and reimagine or whatever they're going to do for you would assume this year. Yeah, but she worked on two and then went from that to uh, Splinter Cell and Watch Dogs. So it's not like oh, she right. was stuck she was moving on. around. Okay. Yeah. But um, I do remember now, I'm getting reminded, like, I just had a quick search of the actual Motive uh, Studios webpage, mm-hmm. and <laughs> there's so very little about the games they're working on. In fact, one of the movie, uh, the news pieces is from, like, a year or two ago, which is the video I was referencing earlier in my rant. Uh, and Wikipedia, the ever-reliable source, actually, there are citations for this, only lists two games, the Visceral game, Star Wars game, and Battlefront 2. Hmm. 
I, yeah, I don't think it says anything yeah. about how big they are either, right? Like, if they're only small, then that kind of makes sense. Like, if, if they're, they're playing a support role, which is yeah. similar to what Ubisoft does anyway, right? Like, Ubisoft Montreal tends to get the kudos for leading everything, but then you go into the deeper credits and there's, like, three or four other Ubisoft. Yeah, the Watch Dogs fucking credit, scene, uh, credit list is, like, 40 hours long. Or well, Rockstar as well. Rockstar are famous for doing it. Rockstar San Diego, Rockstar... Um, London, Rockstar, fucking everywhere. Like, all, all the different fucking teams all collaborating to make this one massive project. And the end result is generally something amazing, but also a credit sequence that can take longer than some video games. Um, yeah. Longer than a Metal Gear Solid cutscene. I, I think we do see Amy Hennig's game this year as well. Um, she, she left four years ago, uh, sorry, three years ago in 2014 and started up uh, her own studio so um if, if they've got two if they've got her her working on that and then jade raymond coming in as well um on a three-year cycle you know i think that's i don't think it's going to be another year until we see that one i think it could be this year that we uh, see something at e3 Dude, I would, I would love uh, for EA to pull a Bethesda, you know, like what they did with Fallout 4 and say we're announcing it and it's out you yeah. know, this year. But I just don't see them doing that with Star Wars. But also right? they'd be different games, right? Like one of them will be an action-adventure game. The other one is a shooter, like a first-person Yeah, one is gonna be, you would assume one is going to be single-player, right? Like single-player-focused. Yeah. yeah, sort of like Uncharted, right? Like, I mean, you would have to assume that they basically hired her and said we want an uncharted in star wars space please <laughs> yeah not that there's anything wrong with that like you know strong storytelling and great characters um in, in a you know an action sci-fi setting in star wars space sign me up like i'm all over that yeah for sure yeah anyway but um the third studio mm. is criterion and they're doing like they're doing the most finicky specific stuff they are working on pod people handling and (laughs) also apparently specifically the new um sort of space battles mode right which is weird that they're calling it something new because it was in the dlc but maybe they're just acknowledging that not many people played the fucking dlc of well 2015's battlefront which brings us on to the point we were talking about before the podcast about the season pass and not fracturing your community 25,000 times over. Now, I have to say, and you would have experienced this, Job, that mm. DICE spectacularly dropped the ball right from the start with fracturing their community uh, when they released a free drop of DLC, which was the Jakku map, time yep. Force Awakens, that had the turning point mode, but I think all the other modes were on it. Um, but they did the stupid fucking pre-order thing where yep. people had a week or two weeks early access to it before anyone else. And because of that, they created, like they patched the game and added a little button that I didn't notice straight away at the top to let you switch between normal matchmaking and just the Jakku DLC matchmaking. Now, like calling it fucking DLC is offensive because mm. it was the same map and one mode on that map and that's all you got to play kind of like giant shadow or whatever the fuck that battlefield one was is that what it's called giant shadow the one with the yeah uh, giant shadow i think yep that was the same thing i think we we were even was luke playing it no i was playing it with someone 
and it was great and we played it and it was like okay this map's interesting and okay we'll play it from the other side and then we very quickly realized that we were only ever going to get to play that map on that server (laughs) so people quickly left and it wasn't until after that exclusivity period ended that it was kind of folded into main servers but like they've got a bad history of dividing player bases um from the start and God, the quote was in, was it Mashable? Uh, got the quote, which is awesome, which is saying that um, the creative director at DICE was saying there's going to be no season pass and that they're looking at other ways to do it. I mean, the obvious go-to example of something that works in my mind is Rainbow Six Siege, where season passes are optional and it unlocks certain things, but maps, the most important thing is that everyone gets the same fucking maps. So the playlist yeah. matchmaking or whatever way they want to do it never changes like never splits the player base ever. Yeah, but but also that- the uh, I, I still feel like they're not doing it that way. To me, this season pass smells like they're having hero characters and locking hero characters behind a pay thing, which I don't like either. But if they do it like Siege, right? Like if there's yeah, some sort what of the fuck? Right Hang on, Luke. Like what the fuck? What you ha- okay? At some point, you have to accept that they're going to charge for shit. Yeah. Okay. What are they allowed to charge for? Not gameplay. They shouldn't be charging for gameplay. It should either be cosmetic or or have a way for you to unlock that stuff without having to purchase it. I I think that cosmetic is particularly problematic when it comes to Star Wars, though. That's have, exactly it. You have to remember that they have to run everything through Lucasfilm and get approval from Disney. Um, so it's not as easy as, say, like Battlefield 1, where you can create whatever the fuck you want and it can be crazy and out there. Like, you can't do that with Star Wars, which is kind of li- limits the cosmetic options. Although I would generally agree with that statement, Luke. Even Battlefield is, you know, a tricky position because people, like, get their fucking shit twisted up every time they, oh, disrespecting World War One. <laughs> like... <laughs> Look at fucking Rainbow Six, okay? Every time they do something, they'll make like a fucking samurai version or one of their operators, right? There is literally no way, right, they will ever allow a fucking samurai Jedi stormtrooper fucking outfit. That's never going to fucking happen. Like, so what the fuck are they supposed to do? What, what cosmetics can they do? It's all it's all going to be fucking approved. At least it's no longer directly approved by George Lucas himself sitting in his fucking Neverland ranch, being a fucking <laughs> weird man. Um, he's still a weird man. You know, he, he was he was man. at Star Wars Celebration, which is, you know, that's awesome, I think. 40 years celebration of the, you know, since the first movie came out, they got him back because there was like, you know, there was a bit of a stank going on and he had some not too kind things to say, even though I'm sure he didn't have a gun to his fucking head when he sold it for $4 billion. Whatever, George, get cranky. But he still likes to throw shade at the fans and says stupid shit like, this has always been a movie that's for 12-year-olds. Well, George, the writer, director, producer, and funder of a little film called Star Wars Episode Three: Revenge of the Sith, I refer you to the scene where what had been the hero of that trilogy is lying in lava with his legs yep. and arms cut off, screaming, and we're watching him burn. Yeah, that's a fucking movie for 12-year-olds, you yeah. dickhead. How out of touch are you with what you made to make that statement? Sure, if you're talking about Episode One and Jar Jar Binks and all that shit, great, get it believe you well done but that wasn't what the original trilogy was it was a family friendly franchise and that's why it resonates right if it was just a fucking kids film we wouldn't give a shit about it anymore you will never hear fucking spielberg claim that indiana jones is just a fucking kids film 
You know, like that's the thing, right? That's the different difference between George Lucas and Steven Spielberg is that George Lucas is a fucking idiot. Uh, <laughs> well said. <laughs> like, it's, it's <laughs> such revisionist bullshit. Like, fuck off. Fuck's sake. And like a bunch of fucking children get murdered off scene, off screen. Sure. But like, come on. Yeah. Because you're not allowed to show that. That's why. <laughs> I know, I know. But you were allowed to show a, a guy fucking burning in a in a PG thirteen or what was it? It was M over here. Um, but still, like you can't you can't argue that that's a kids film at that point. And I, I'm all for him, you know, making it dark and all that stuff. And I kind of wish that he had taken that approach to the entire prequel trilogy. But it kind of took him to get up to the third movie to realize that. Oh, I guess it's mainly adults who are watching this movie and. Anyways, he's completely out of touch. No, no. Fuck, fuck that shit. He, he didn't fucking just work it out, okay? He directly ripped off Kurosawa. So, like, what What the fuck? Was he... Oh, he was just making... He wasn't making a, child, a children's version of the fucking Last Fortress or, Last Fortress or whatever the fuck it's called, right? He was making a fucking family-friendly American version of it, okay? That's what he was doing. He was making a space, a sci-fi one. Not fucking children's fucking shit. Fuck him. Fuck him forever. <laughs> I hadn't heard about this. I hadn't heard that he'd said this. Oh. And I'm very upset. <laughs> well, I'm glad that we brought this little nugget to your attention, Joby. It's a priceless oh, reaction. Did. I just, like, I'm just so used to him slagging off the fans. And, you know, in fairness, he has probably copped a lot of shit. Um, yeah. And, you know... We, collectively, as fans of the original trilogy, were very quick to forget what good he had done originally and that he had created a beautiful play space for very talented people to work that weren't him, as evidenced by the fact that Empire is superior to yeah. Hope. I don't care what anyone says. And even Jedi, with its fucking Ewoks, which is George Lucas already going off the fucking rails, um, is still, like, better dialogue, better characterization, better storytelling. Like, the first film has so much clunky fucking dialogue and and weird shit. He just created an amazing world. He was an amazing world builder. And yep. I think he shines, or shone back then, as a producer, the guy who with the ideas, and then you give it to a very talented writer, and then you give mm -hmm. that to a very talented director, and then you take your very talented cast, and you make a great movie. But yeah, yeah fuck, out of touch. And, and like... You know, episode three was good in comparison to two, which was better than one. But, like, just because it's better than shit, it doesn't make it a good movie. Anyways, I'm getting angry about the prequels again. <laughs> Fucker. And Rogue One showed that you can make a prequel movie that's fucking awesome. So, thank you, Disney. Even though that was a flawed movie, I will admit, but still very enjoyable. And yep. the best space battle, I think, that I've seen to date, a Star Wars movie. Fuck yeah. Yeah. That, fuck yeah. that CG budget. <laughs> yeah. Battlefront Colin. 2. <laughs> Battlefront 2. So uh, you didn't yeah. see any of the game at all, like in, like playable or what, like what did they show you? They showed us exactly what they showed the live stream. Um, with the exception of a sort of two or three minute behind the scenes video, uh, which they then showed to the Star Wars Celebration 
people who attended the panel, but they didn't live stream that last bit. So 5,000 people got to see, <laughs> to see that, and our embargo lifted, you know, three, four, five hours after we saw the content during, and it lifted during the panel. And it's hard not to get jaded about that, that there was this idea that, and, and, and listeners, please, I, I'm also arguing in terms of you, I think you should be upset about this, that this idea that you would get to the end of a panel and then you would go, I want to read more about this. And then you would go and find all these articles that mm. are essentially what you had, like describing what you had seen. The only kind of exception to that rule is the people who got to have their interviews before. Um, like, but that's like, we're talking about an insane turnaround time here. You see something and then you've got to go talk to someone. You've got to transcribe that. And then you've got to get your quotes into a sort of coherent piece and, I can't schedule. believe they had fucking interviews. Like the people were scheduled interviews after the embargo lifted. That's fucking. That's not. That's not what. Like embargoes don't exist for that reason. The, the fucking embargoes exist so that people don't fucking shove through to like push. Now you got to think every time you're on a fucking EA trip. Oh, do I need to like push press to get my fucking interview first because I'm otherwise not going to get my fucking shit out. Uh, like stuff's gonna be dropping while I'm still waiting to talk to someone. That's fucking insane. Yeah, but there is there is the only kind of benefit of that is if you have the time, which I didn't, to keep on top of the coverage that's going live and the little tidbits that are coming out, is that you can ask follow up questions yeah. uh, or more depth. But again, not much time, jet lag, one hour sleep, massive scheduling problems, and also trying to write up coverage for multiple places. I mean, like. I can see the benefit of, like, a me going to that because I played a lot of the original Battlefront and I'm a massive Star Wars nerd, so I can... I'm able to glean stuff from it that the, maybe the average press person who was there wasn't able to. Like, there was... During the um, little bit that they didn't show in the live stream, the behind-the-scenes footage, they had a very explicit reference that was teased in the trailer to a moment that's actually taken from the canon uh, comics... Shattered Empire comics, which is set just after the Return of the Jedi, and in a little thing called Operation Cinder, uh, which is Palpatine's sort of Death Note plan that if he is killed, then this thing goes into effect, and he basically goes and tries to destroy everything, even though he's dead. So he, in the comics, he has some super weapon attack on Naboo, which is his home planet um, that I won't go into. You read the comics; they're pretty good. <laughs> But the, the whole idea is that um, Inferno Squad, which is this new squad, uh, this, this Imperial perspective that we'll see in Battlefront 2, they are in charge of another part of Operation Cinder. So they're basically on a revenge mission. And yet DICE was insistent that they're going to, you know, one of the guys from Motive was saying, oh, I'm looking forward to turning you to the dark side and converting you. And, and, so, and everyone kept talking about presenting them as heroes. I'm like... Nah. <laughs> these people are bad and, and the way that you're selling them is that they're bad guys and there's nothing wrong with you saying hey we're going to tell a ballsy story about being a bad guy cool I'm down with that but don't try to tell me that I'm going to look at these people as heroes because they're clearly not they're like space Nazis and they're the elite forces versions of the space Nazis which makes them the SS which makes them really yep. fucking bad so wasn't there a wasn't there a worse version of the SS like the SA or something 
Uh, yeah, there was, there was like, but there was different versions of the, the SS and some of them were just like front forces soldiers and others were just basically rounding up innocent people and fucking throwing them into ghettos or killing them. Right. So when you've got, uh, the (laughs) space Nazis equivalent of the SS doing a revenge mission, Mm. it kind of doesn't leave a good taste out of the gate, out of the pitch. Um, you know, yep. but like I, I will play the shit out of it because it's a canonized Star Wars story, and it'd be you know I've always liked the Empire in that I thought that their ships looked better and the stormtroopers look infinitely cooler than fucking rebel soldiers as a kid. You know what I mean? Like when you wanted to think about making a costume, you didn't want to dress up like a rebel guy because they looked goofy. Yeah, slapped together. Whereas the uh, stormtroopers looked awesome. Darth Vader looked awesome. You know, Tie Fighters awesome. So. I was always about that aesthetic, but, um, yeah, I just, I don't know. I don't know how it'll go. And I, it'll be interesting to see what more they reveal about it and the spin they put on it. But, um, yeah, we'll, see, well it'll be a first, like a little trial by fire for motive, right? To see how they go with storytelling, especially because they're, they're stepping into some sacred space here. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be, uh, uh, I love the, I love this perspective that you've got about it. I mean, you're a giant fucking dork, but mm-hmm. like, uh, and also I Googled it, but, uh, the SS were the more extreme version of the SA. So, uh, yeah. Uh, anyway, um, yeah, I love, I love this perspective that we got. And, uh, I am actually secretly hoping that they do tell the story, uh, from the perspective of the empire that winds up being, uh, properly sympathetic. I don't like, but per your comments, I yeah, I don't really know how they fucking manage it. I mean, yeah, I don't know how they manage it in a way that I can separate hmm. this squadron from what I now know about them. I think they're gonna like. The funny thing is, I was watching a, a video earlier today about like just sort of the collection of information that's come out about Battlefront Two. In case I missed anything, and this particular YouTuber was referencing the Star Wars, like the official Battlefront page, and honest to God, there was more fucking information on that than mm-hmm. they were willing to talk about. Um, which is just bizarre in terms of messaging, right? Like, oh, we're not really talking about that. And it had play accounts and modes and all this shit. Um, but they, they described the story as going through uh, revenge, betrayal, and then redemption. And that, to me, reeks of the cop-out that I think they're going to do, which is to, at some point during the campaign, make the switch. <laughs> Inferno Squad. Yeah, or the protagonists switch sides. But, like... In my mind, and we're going to get dorkier still, Joby, if you think about it from a conceptual point of view, Return of the Jedi, right, everyone's familiar with that. Luke has his fight with Vader, his dad. And if Vader hadn't died, so Luke's turned him back, you know, said, showed him that there was good inside him, and Vader believes in Vader, embraces the light side, kills the Emperor. He's now technically a good guy again. Yeah? Yeah. Everyone's with me there. If he survives and Luke brings him back and is like, hey, guys, it's my dad. He's cool now. Don't worry about all the genocidal fucking shit that he has done over the years. He's dead. Like, he straight up gets executed. Yeah. (laughs) Right? Like, the end. And he probably would own it too. But, like, there's no... Like, I don't see a redemption story for for a space Nazi SS fucking agent. (laughs) Like, Like, you're the bad guy. You're... What, I don't know what horrible things, or maybe they won't do horrible things, but if it's a Palpatine revenge mission 
So this is a Hitler, Space Hitler revenge mission. It can't be that great. And if <laughs> yep. you're doing that, I don't know what redemption you can find in that by affecting. Like, the other thing is, right, the only way they made it work in The Force Awakens is by having Finn, like, turn away from the dark side or whatever the fuck uh, moments before he committed properly. Like, they sort of reinforce it all the way through, that all the way up until that moment, it had all just been training, right? And then he turns off, right? But Shiva Kamini is... As far as, like, according to, per your fucking insane knowledge of Star Wars shit, uh, yeah, like, already knee-deep, uh, like, operating the fucking chambers here, like. <laughs> yes, she's a real gas. Um, but, like, that's what I mean. It's like, too late, I'm all, right? I'm all for that. I would love to see them walk, you know, someone out of hell and into heaven. I would love to see that, but. So glad you clarified. <laughs> I'm all for that! All for what, Nathan? Please say something <laughs> no, other than gas chambers. So gently. And then the call drops out, and that's it. It's all done. Nathan won't be joining us anymore. <laughs> we have uh, officially excommunicated him from the gap. <laughs> no, no, I would love to see that story. I, w- I would love to be disproven on my doubts. Like, uh, you know, as, as opinionated as I am about very negative stuff, um, I love Star Wars, and I would love for this new studio to come out guns firing and to tell a ballsy I mean look at The Force Unleashed did you guys finish The Force Unleashed? No uh, I didn't the, first the first one I didn't finish the second one You finished the first one? Pretty sure Yeah Yeah I finished both Okay well you know I'm going to talk spoilers briefly so turn off the earth shit if you're listening and you haven't played it because you fucking should but there's a yeah. reason that game won a fucking BAFTA like which is not a gaming circle award like that's just a we love good writing award. Um, it was incredibly well written, but <clears throat> the thing that got me was that it was telling a story in a space where you kind of knew that the main guy wasn't going to survive, right? Like whatever happened, he wasn't in the movies, so he can't, he can't mm. survive. But within that, even though they're telling a prequel story where you're kind of still adding shit up and going, okay, this has to work this way, this can't work that way. They still managed to create revelations that were jaw-breaking, and the one that sticks with me to this day is that the Emperor orders the creation of the Rebel Alliance to draw out traitors, and I was just like, mind-blown. The Empire created the, Re- the like the Rebellion. Like, what? That shit is crazy. Um, <clears throat> and the way that, you know, Starkiller played into that, and yep. sort of like the whole idea that Vader was trying this whole time, not just with Luke, but with someone else. Like he found a secret apprentice and he wanted to take down Palpatine, but he's training him to make him more powerful so that they, they have the power combined to take him down. So cool. Um, and I would love, I would love to have that. And I wasn't even expecting that, to be honest. Like for me, The Force Unleashed was, this is going to sound really random and nerdy, but I got excited about The Force Unleashed because of a, a cancelled Indiana Jones game. Um, and purely from a technology perspective. So, I don't know if you guys remember it, like, a, f- a few years before The Force Unleashed came out, there was a um, San Francisco set uh, Indiana Jones game that had the Euphoria system, I want to say it was called, the physics-based hmm. system for right. fighting, so that, like... I thought I won. Yeah. I'm pretty sure okay. they got that from... But they had, they had some system that they were trialing for an Indiana Jones game and they showed this brief gameplay of Indy having like 
fights in different, like the same fight in the same position in certain ways, but where different hits landed, where the enemy landed, completely changed the physics, and he was able to pick up shit in the environment and use it. And I was a massive fan of uh, Indiana Jones and the Emperor's Tomb, even though like the technology, you could see the technology held it back. But like this was then a new gen take on that, so exciting, and then it just disappeared, and and that tech was taken and put into the Force Unleashed, and I was like, okay, cool, I'm on board because that. Like makes it look like it's going to be a really cool tactical action game, and you know the way that you can fuck around with the enemies in Unleashed and just play with them and have fun. It's such a power fantasy that game, uh, especially yeah. by the end. Was, yeah, was by great. the end. Um, just to clarify, did it re- win a real fucking BAFTA or like a games BAFTA? Because you know, Didn't fucking inside won a narrative BAFTA, you know that, right? Like, the BAFTA's <laughs> done. <laughs> they <Yeah>. are trash. <laughs> they are a joke now. Uh, yeah. Oh, well, that's bad. Then there's me arguing for <laughs> credibility. It's like, you know, learning that the Oscars are a sham. Yeah. Everyone will learn that in their own harsh way. <laughs> that's sad. Oh, uh, gold. Um, but yeah, uh, cool. Glad I got to squash that for you um yeah no the force unleashed i actually i'd forgotten about it but does sort of give me hope that they could tell a story of that type uh and the other thing that gives me hope is the darth vader comic series uh (laughs) i read a couple of issues ages ago but it seemed like it was it was like my cup of tea definitely uh but um i stopped reading it because i just my, my iPad broke, and uh, I haven't really worked out a good way to read comics on my fucking new tablet. My oh, you just do it on the computer, man. Don't want a CPR app. Yeah, yeah. I, I just haven't worked out what a good one is. I like I'm so accustomed to how I did it on the iPad that yeah, not like doing it any other different ways now. <laughs> It's like, eh, it's not the same. It's like, yeah, whenever you like changing from fucking... It's why people won't change from iPhone. Um, you people. I know. It's really um, good. Darth Vader comics are really, really, really good. And they actually... Um, were, sorry? Uh, I was just going to say there were a couple of... There were like some full page shit in there that was like... Would be if there were uh, awards for best fucking pages in a fucking comic book series. Uh, I'd I'd want some of them to win. Some of that shit from uh, the Vader comics is just holy fuck shit. Like he is terrifying. Yeah, and and like the end of Rogue One, and if you haven't seen that, you're living under a particularly weird space rock. But that Vader mm-hmm. sequence at the end of that movie. Um, is so important to me because, like, sure, there would have been whispers about the Emperor's right-hand man, his goon, Darth Vader, but getting to see him, like, put his power to use in front of a bunch of rebels and that one guy who escaped, you would imagine, told everyone on that ship, and uh, you would hope that whoever survived that, even if it was just Leia, would go and tell the story of that, like, that story would get passed on, and yep. it would just be this invincible... And, I mean, you didn't read the comics, but, like, it gets up to a point, Drebby, where where that scene is made to look like it's nothing. 
and what they throw at him and can't win with is just mm. insane. And and it helps to spread this idea of why you would be fucking terrified of this one man super weapon. Um, what's more interesting is that it it actually helps to address a plot hole that I'd never considered in the original trilogy, which is why Vader, who really is the sole survivor of the Death Star, um, and you would think would cop all of the Emperor's wrath for that, for not protecting his multi-fucking trillion dollar weapon that he was going to use to control the galaxy because he disbanded the Senate, uh, it, it shows that he actually falls out of favor with the Emperor and he has to climb his way back up the ladder um, and how he does that and how he gets back into the Emperor's good graces and then when we get to see him in Empire Strikes Back and he's back to that position of power, you get to see how he earned that and it's really fucking cool, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, read it. Okay, I'm I'm gonna get back into it. Uh, I speaking of comics, I did actually smash out all, all of a comic reading it on my computer the other the other. I think it was last week or something. I wasted like half a day reading just it was the fucking Vision comic, twelve issue run. Have you guys read that shit? I have not. Vision no. like the Marvel Vision. Yeah. Mm, no. Fucking. Spectacular, spectacular run. Like, really good, really worth reading. Uh, if you can find it, uh, yeah, I 100% recommend it. it so, is... what's it called? Vision, what, who, how do I find it? What's it it's, called? It's, I think it's just called Vision. Vision uh, 1, maybe. Um, that'll be hard. Vision Comic, maybe? Vision Marvel? Uh, yeah, it's it was Google just... Uh, yeah, oh, Vision I was just like, if, if there's been a whole lot of fucking... Vision comics in the past. What I'm saying, like, if you're like, hey, you got to read that Punisher series. I'm like, which one? Like, yeah, there's, there's a thousand. Vision. Cool. I'll find it. I've got issue one, one 2015. That's the one you want to read. Uh, it's yeah, it's some shit, man. Like, uh, does deals with some really interesting topics and also a really good deconstruction of the you know um, the character as well, which is you know obviously one of those things that I I'm always huge on with comics uh but yeah nice totally worth it we're well off topic hey wouldn't be a night episode if we weren't i'll be it from me to (laughs) um jet lag you lose this round what was the star wars celebration convention like do you you think it's worth going to or uh no no this is the second one you've been to right yeah um i mean but like you've got to understand that there are certain things that i hate more than i love and i adore star wars but i hate lines more than than i love star wars (laughs) and it's like some of those lines like but there was lines for everything you know lines to get into every little fucking part of it once you got through the security line and then the line to get into the convention and then more lines so you can understand why most people there are cosplayed to the nines um because they are clearly the most hardcore of the hardcore fan. Like it's, it's worth experiencing, and and there is something to be said about the feeling of like even watching the battlefront panel with um, the public versus the press, and there were certain beats during the press part where you could just feel that in their invisible teleprompter it had written pause for applause that they didn't get. <laughs> Uh, but I mean, for me, mostly because I was frantically scribbling down notes, because there's you know there's a lot of exciting stuff coming for Battlefront too, mostly just in terms of content. Like yep. for sure, I thought Battlefront Two would just be one 
era, like the recent movies or yeah. the prequels, and it, that would be it because they would save Battle for you know, and probably the prequels. As yeah. weird as that sounds, as a decision because by the time they got to Battlefront Three, then you would assume that Episode Nine would be out and another Star Wars anthology movie, Han Solo, so they would have four or five movies to pick from for a, a new Battlefront uh, game with content. But they've just gone, you know what, we're doing all errors. And I think that's that's good. And I think they're really like the two bullet points that they, they wanted as takeaways from this uh, particular announcement was we want to let people know that we've got a campaign because that was one of the biggest complaints and the second thing, which is tied to the first one, is people wanted more content. And the original trilogy, as good as it is to start with the strongest part in the Star Wars saga, is the problem is that it, it like for budgetary reasons or whatever, like it wasn't as expansive in its yep. you know vehicles and heroes and gadgets and gear that you had in the prequels. Like sh- I was shit on the prequel until the fucking space cows come home but that doesn't change the fact that it had a lot of fucking sexy ships and guns and factions and like a whole bunch of shit and cool fights if you're trying to yeah well look if you're trying to make a game if you're trying to say hey we need content <laughs> it's ripe man there's so much stuff you can pull from that um which is good and that's because george realized that selling toys was more important than telling stories but yeah, I don't think, like, as a, as a Star Wars fan who doesn't particularly enjoy the prequels, I'm still excited about the fact that they are there in terms of content and gameplay possibilities because I don't have to sit there and listen to terrible dialogue. Like, I can have my own version of what Star Wars could have been playing as a fucking clone trooper or a, you know, I don't know, Darth Maul or something like that. Mm. And I think that's why the multiplayer is going to be cool is because... They're only hinting at it at this stage, and I know it's only going to be a couple of months until E3 where we hear more, but it seems like they're hinting at squads. I don't know if he confirmed that. I just did my interview just before this Skype call. I transcribed it, and he wanted to... He's, he's corrected himself after he said squad, and he, talked, he changed it to classes. So it's got a class system now, which I think was lacking from the last one in terms of diversity and obvious strengths and weaknesses. I mean, I don't know how far into it you got Joby, but there was a point where you would jump into play and every fucking cunt was using a jetpack plus a bowcaster because it allowed them to get above you and you might be able to fire off a couple of shots and hit them when they're above you, but they're using the jetpack jump animation to charge their bowcaster at the same time and they would shoot a 100% guaranteed kill shot down at you every time. Yeah. So there was something that was impossible to counter um, short of you being behind them and hopefully yeah. getting enough hits on them before they spun around and just like flicked did it to you. So there was the, like the star cards became people found this, the combinations that would kill the fastest and that's all they cared about and it, mm. it, it ceased to be a team game and it just became a KDR farming simulator and, and I think What's interesting is that the, when they announced Battlefront, when they talked about Battlefront, they kept using that tacky fucking term, Star Wars Battle Fantasy, but they personalized it. We want you to live your, and, it, and I think mm. that was reflected in the design. It was really individually focused. That's why you had pickups on the field that turned you and only you into a hero, which yeah. obviously, to me, stands at ends with how you design a team game, because if there's one thing that spawns in a certain number of spots then certain people are not going to play the objective because they're going to be hanging out for that one thing that yeah. makes them feel powerful 
So they've gotten rid of hero pickups entirely. They've added a resource-based system that they don't want to talk about too much. But from what I've gleaned from reading between the lines, it sounds like the better that you do, and I'm hoping that this includes like playing the fucking objective, but the better that you do at the game, uh, the faster you fill up some sort of meter that allows you to access and unlock either a choice of heroes or vehicles. And I'm hoping that they have a tiered system. So like say... Mm. If I get a few kills early on and I want to get over to the other side of the map, for whatever reason, I might choose to spend a limited amount of resources on a speeder bike to do that. Uh, but if I save up a little bit more, maybe I can get a hero that's not that great. And I hope that they've ranked the heroes like that, but I don't know that they have. But if, and certainly in terms of vehicles, if you were able to like hoard a Call of Duty like nuke kill streak, yeah, um, mm-hmm. and get an AT-AT on the field, well that would be a game changer but I feel like that would also be you kind of helping your team in a way because you're not running to get an objective because you're saving up for it you're holding onto your resources to do this you can get into battle you know towards the end and you could potentially turn something around much in the way that a behemoth does in battlefield that's yeah, that's speculation yeah that sounds like um, the same sort of system that Halo 5 was using multiplayer where you would over yeah, time right. gradually get like this pool of cash to kind of spend um, and then before you get in the game, you'd, you'd use like your cards and um, say, "Well, I'm going to have yeah. this tank." Uh, Maybe they're yeah, cards. Not cards. It's not the cards. But like the whole idea of like tiered uh, resource system, right? Yeah. Where cash it out early for a sniper rifle, or hold on and get you know a warthog or something like that. Like that. That's great. I think that that's that's clever the kind of risk reward and the tactical depth that that adds as well especially if you're playing with teammates which brings me on to why i think they've gotten rid of the partner system and they've actually got squads um is that he he talked about the creative director talked about this idea of a a leveled up squad being able to maybe go toe-to-toe with darth maul and what i asked him to clarify was i said does this mean that you have dumbed down the power of the heroes in battlefront 2 comparative to battlefront or does it mean that you have boosted the troopers and he said we've boosted the troopers and i said how does that look in gameplay terms i was actually surprised that my jet lag brain asked good questions because i really was worried that i had a bad interview (laughs) turned out to be okay in the end but um he talked about this idea he said well one uh one class will have the ability to take more damage one class will have the ability to deal more damage which i find fascinating in and of itself because it sounds like they're looking more at kind of rpg logic for classes instead of battlefield so you've got a tank and you've got a damage dealer uh and then he said a long range person so i think you've got yeah sniper tank damage dealer and then i would say commander but that's me reading into a screenshot that I have lined up that I'll send to you gentlemen that doesn't help anyone who's listening to this fucking podcast but whatever Solid. <laughs> but um, they basically showed off during the panel they, they when they talked about classes they showed this one screenshot that has like a, a rebel trooper with a, what looks to be I would say a sniper rifle on her shoulder and then they've got a first order stormtrooper who looks a bit more kitted up and bulkier than your average stormtrooper perhaps with some extra equipment and then you've got a guy next to him that looks like in my opinion a commander like a squad leader right type role so maybe he doesn't have as many uh weapons but he might have abilities he might be able to call in stuff he might be able to help out in more of a support role and then i'm assuming some sort of damage dealing average whatever class but it's interesting to see that they're playing around with um 
health values as well and, and damage values. So for every, you would hope if they've designed that properly, that every class choice, so if we have a squad together, assuming there is a squad or if we're playing together, if I choose to pick the tank, I'm probably going to expect to go a bit slower and maybe not do as much damage. And be yeah. relying on you, Joby, the sniper, to be at range to take out <clears throat> the damage dealing guy that's coming at me or keeping me at range while I'm trying to close the gap. Stuff like that. Like that to me is very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know why you decided to go Job as a sniper. You've seen him shoot, right? Uh, oh, oh my god. <laughs> like yeah, if anything, Job's support. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he's the leader. He's Job's a medic. <laughs> <laughs> and dropping airstrikes on our heads. Yeah, he can't fuck that up, right? Dr- dropping medics, medical supplies behind us. <laughs> yeah, I'm hoping that they don't... I honestly don't want them to do the Battlefield 1, and I even asked, being a cheeky prick that I am, I said, if I was to conceptualize the classes, is it more like the Battlefront, as in the old Battlefront game classes, or is it more Battlefield? So, it's more Battlefront. So, I don't oh. think we're going to have Engineer, Medic... You know, soldier, whatever the fuck they are these days. I mean, there will be like you, you have a sniper, which is kind of like a scout, and that's fine. But I, I do hope that they are toying around with the strengths and weaknesses to make you more dependent on your teammates. Like, yeah. And again, mm-hmm. that it will, it will make it a, the kind of game that I'll probably not want to play by myself. That I'll only want to play with other people because I find it infinitely frustrating to deal with fucking pub pricks versus a, a tight group of us playing and chatting on Discord. I find that immensely satisfying, even if we lose. Um, and if they can get Dice's, you know, admittedly pretty fucking awesome uh, recent tradition of rewarding team play and playing the objective over personal gain, then I think that Battlefront 2 has the potential to deliver on the promise of what the original Battlefront, or their, sorry, their take Battlefront should have been. Mm. which is good, right? Like a, a game where you feel like you're playing the soldier in the fucking Star Wars universe and occasionally you get to transform into an, an incredibly overpowered hero. But the problem with the heroes in the original Battlefront is they were way too OP. And in the right hands, you could decimate and you could last an entire fucking round and you would be a frustration that would piss off the entire other team, which I guess is part of the, the power fantasy. But the idea that a coordinated squad of troops that have leveled up and got these extra gadgets and abilities um, could be a threat to you. I like that. Yeah. yeah. You're always so optimistic about <laughs> Star Wars games. I like it. Have to be. Hey, there's been a lot stuff. of good Star Wars games. There's been some turds too, man. There yeah. have been some real shit ones. Uh, yeah. Okay, cool. Well, let's talk about something else. <laughs> oh, stop. Uh, yeah, let's talk about Thimbleweed Park, or uh, uh, as it's also known, boring bullshit. <laughs> oh, you played it? No, I just know. I know based on its genre. Uh, you don't like point and click? No. Like, not at all. I'm talking like from back in the day, though, like the glory days of LucasArts. Job, yeah, no, never. Ne- oh wow okay cool. he didn't I grow up with pc it. gaming he was a console uh, scrub uh <gasps> i played police quest motherfucker what? so is this true Joe? stop Are painting this picture of me no nah. having never played point and click i just don't like them because they're boring as shit 
Uh, solving puzzles is tricky for you. I get it. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. No, pixel hunting is a garbage mechanic, and it is a key element of every single one of these stupid fucking games. Oh, that's and good no news for you, Job. There's a button on here you can press that shows you what you can interact with. Oh, cool. <laughs> Yeah. Uh so Thimbleweed Park is the uh is the latest game from Ron Gilbert. He um he did a Kickstarter to get this one up and going. Uh Ron Gilbert was back in the day responsible for games like uh Monkey Island, um uh Maniac Mansion, he worked on that. He also worked on uh, Day of the Tentacle. Day of the Tentacle, Indiana Jones. Um did he work on Indiana Jones? I think he did. Right? I don't know. I get I get him and Schaefer confused. No, maybe he didn't. Um, anyway, yeah, Maniac Mansion, Dad Tentacle, those sort of good, really good classic adventure games. Um, back when there were Lucas, Lucasfilm, or was it Lucas Arts, something yep. like that. Uh, and then after he was kind of done with that genre, he went and started his own studio. Uh, they went on to make uh, games like Total Annihilation, um, Total Annihilation Two. <laughs> Total Annihilation Kingdoms, which is terrible. But yeah, he's been around for quite a while, uh, Ron Gilbert. And he, he eventually went over to, I think, was it uh, uh, with Double Fine? He, he was doing some stuff with Dub- Double Fine as well. Um, but yeah, he, he's a very classic old school uh, developer. And uh, this latest one is very very much like a, uh, like a look back at, at those types of games and and um, telling a story about a murder that's happened in Thimbleweed Park and you're trying to solve that that murder and trying to figure out what, what happened and kind of what's going on with all the quirky and weird things to go with it. It's very much in the same sort of style and humor as those games. It looks, it looks very similar, very pixel-based. You have your classic uh, verbs that you use, picking up things, opening, closing, talking to, looking at like the little bar across the bottom, you've got an inventory that you can kind of pick up items and mix them together and use them with other bits and pieces that you you come across with. Um, and then also talking to characters and interacting with them. Very, very much a, like a classic adventure game thing. Not kind of the games that you see these days where it's like the Telltale stuff, uh, where it's quite limited in what you can do. It's usually just a uh, interact button and talking and whatnot. This is like you have to actually think about what you're doing and try and figure stuff out it's quite difficult as well um like back when you're you're playing those types types of games it would take you a really long time to get through them because there wasn't anywhere you could kind of really go to to figure out what the solution to the puzzle was You, you either had to ask friends at school or or, um, you know, get like a, a guide from an actual magazine, which took a while to come out or, or log onto like a bulletin board on the, in- well, what wasn't really the internet, but before the internet and uh, try and figure that stuff out. So it was, it was a type of game that would take you about 12 hours to finish if you knew how to play it, but it would, it would be like months of you playing this game because it'd be uh, trying to figure out how to kind of get, get through the certain puzzles that were in there. Um, so with this one, yeah, as I said, it's like you, you trying to do it to figure out who's behind this murder. It's split up to it, split up into a bunch of different acts. And much like, um, Day of the Tentacle, you control different characters. But where Day of the Tentacle is kind of split up amongst different, um, time periods, like past, present, and future, they don't really interact with each other until the kind of 
the end of the game. Um, this one in Thimbleweed Park is these guys are interacting uh, all the time. There's, I think, five or six characters you kind of go through that I've seen so far. And um, they uh, interact with each other by, like, they'll sort of split up some of the characters in certain situations where they can't actually get to them. There's, for instance, one point in the game where the one of the leads gets kind of abducted and he ends up in a uh, trapped in like a sewer system and in order to get out you need to to like figure out this puzzle solution um, and it involves using one of the other characters and kind of passing a uh, an item to that character through a sewer drain and um, so it's like little bits and pieces like that trying to figure out how to uh, interact with people and, and what you've kind of got to do in those situations so yeah it's definitely not an easy game um, I'm <laughs> I have found parts of it where I've, like, completely been stuck and had to look up um, what I needed to do. And, and because I'm such, on like, a usually quite a strict time schedule of trying to push through games, I've had to look up uh, the solution to some, some bits and pieces. And sometimes I've been like, oh, yeah, that's pretty obvious. Like, I, I get where they're going with that. And other times it's just like, well, I've, I would have got there eventually if I kind of sat down and, like, put my mind to it and kind of thought about it a bit more but because i've just got not a huge amount of time to sit there and spend 30 to 40 hours playing an adventure game uh, i just kind of want to power through it as much as I can but yeah it's it's a lot of fun i'm enjoying it quite a bit it's definitely a type of game that i would only recommend to people that that enjoyed those types of games uh back in the you know 90s the early 2000s uh because if you it's pretty much like a nostalgic throwback to those those uh the way games were designed back then and obviously this game is around because people put their money to it and wanted to see something like that so you're not gonna really um see uh any studios or developers kind of pushing for the same style style of game these days it just doesn't it's just not making any money in terms of uh what most publishers want out of a triple a game or anything that kind of get a big audience so it works this way by just having how much did it make on kickstarter I have no idea. Um, I can look it up now. Thimbleweed Park Kickstarter. I would say probably a couple hundred thousand. Yeah, I'd say at least. I mean, how much? How much do you reckon a Kickstarter need to make for it to be encouraging to people like studios who like wanted to make those old school kinds of point and click? I mean, like, so, like I've got to be clear, right? Mm-hmm. I'm not the sort of person who thinks that just because I don't like a, a style of game that it shouldn't exist. Uh, I'm like, I'm cool. Like, I think it's awesome that people enjoy these games. They're just 100% not for me. Yeah. Um, so yeah, how much, like, how much do you reckon it'd be? Like so two it mil made, or it one made, mil? Or? It made 226,000 on right. Kickstarter alone. But that, like, you got to look at that and include... Um, I don't know what their tiers are like, if they're giving away T-shirts and shit or yeah. posters. Um, so, obviously, that sort of stuff is... Um, there's probably a breakdown somewhere. Usually, they do breakdowns, don't they? Uh, here it is. 63% goes to design, art, and coding from that. Um, 4% to music, s- sound effects. Rewards is 12%. Um, yeah. And taxes is 16 So, close to 20%. So 12%, yeah. That so twenty percent of that is is what like forty fucking fifty grand, fifty grand straight out the gate gone. 
Yeah. Uh, so yeah, down to 170 or so. Um, yeah. So 100. I yeah. There's no way. Dude, you're 100 correct. There's no way a studio is going to look at this and think, well, fuck, we got to be in that business. It, like, there's no question that they they're selling games because they're it's making money. Yeah. Smashing on Steam. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, they're definitely making money post Kickstarter as well. Uh. But yeah, I would want to see. Yeah, I, I don't know. I just thought it was an interesting sort of uh, road to go down to think about what sort of yeah, yeah, what sort of shit it did, what sort of numbers it need to pull to actually make uh, people decide these sorts of things were worth it. Because yeah, clearly there is to some extent an audience, but whether or not that audience is large or not large enough to be worth adjusting or adopting the the style and also it's like a nostalgic thing like how many of those games would i play if this wasn't around i haven't played a, a like a brand new, like i talked about um day of the tentacle remastered what a couple months back two months back um which i enjoyed uh it was you know a lot of fun i remembered all the puzzles so it wasn't a hard experience but this is completely different and if they were to like a bunch of these popping up all of a sudden, it's not something I'd flock to and be like, well, I'm going to spend my time playing all these adventure games. It's just kind of, well, you know, for me, that is like a big part of my growing up, my childhood is playing those games, you know, and and spending a lot of time with them. So I'm more than willing to throw 20 bucks at a guy who was pretty influential, uh, you know, in my uh, you know genre of video games growing up uh, and check out yep. what he can do kind of looking back at that stuff um and i think it's a pretty he's done a pretty good job from what i've played so far it's it's very interesting and does some cool stuff there's also things in there that i think it's got issues with um you know stuff like i think there are points where there's just too many characters that you can control at once uh you start off the game with like the two fbi they're like fbi agents uh, and I pretty much haven't used one of them for most, I guess, most of the time I've been playing, but they throw in um, other characters along the game that have different and unique things that they can do. Like one of them's a, a ghost. Um, one of them is a clown that, that has been cursed and can't remove their makeup. And, uh, you know, he swears a lot and whatnot. The, there's a girl who's a, who's a, like a teenager or, or, or maybe in her early twenties, I'm not quite sure who kind of, is being asked to take over the family business, but she doesn't want to. She wants to become a game developer. And then, so there's interesting stuff there, but they've got this one character that you start off with at the beginning who just kind of was not really much to do with. They're just kind of just standing there around and used in a couple of the puzzles. But most of the time I was like, well, I'm just going to use this one person and have them pick up everything because um, it means later on I don't have to be passing items backwards and forwards and whatnot. But for the most part, I've enjoyed, you know, the aspects of going in there and playing a, like, a classic adventure game, but there are definitely things in there that I would do differently, but it's not something I'm like, holy shit, this needs a resurgence. It needs to come back. Um, EA needs to be making games like this. You know, that's not really how I think about it. Like, I played the Telltale Walking Dead, the first one, and I went away from that being like, yeah, it's pretty good, but I haven't played any more the the walking dead stuff i um didn't really pull me into it from some of the reviews i i played um sorry heard the only one i can think of that i really enjoyed as well was uh the wolf among us that was pretty cool a lot of fun but 
I don't know about what happened with the sequel to that one <laughs> or even um, if they're making one. I, I don't rem- remember hearing anything about it. It's been quite a while. So I think they need to be on top of some of that stuff. And uh, Telltale seems to be the only one kind of making adventure games, but it's a very different style of, of the classic stuff that we we grew up with. So, yeah. Um, Nate, did you like you kind of seem to be interested in it is this something you want to get into at all or you're not i just added it to my wish list yeah I, oh, it's wow. funny that you mentioned remasters because uh full throttle remastered is out this week yeah is that like today or tomorrow well it's the 18th so yeah tomorrow I so guess. that's like it's yeah. us time yes yeah, so that was another lucas arts game right yeah yeah i never it played like, it though so I'm, oh that I'm game's really awesome looking- forward to taking it for a spin and a remaster like it's it's such a weird position to be in where i haven't touched it but i missed i missed a bunch of important um point and click games i mean i missed uh, grim fandango i missed day of the yeah. tentacle so i've got the remaster there's all these games that i haven't really taken the time to jump back into but i, I think it's interesting because you were talking earlier about um looking up online now being time poor and i'm so guilty of that these days yeah. uh which is bad because back in the day you didn't have that option so you persevered or i was talking to my brothers or uh on the schoolyard you'd be chatting with someone i love that idea of like someone would get a little bit further and then you would take that information and you would be the one that was got a little bit further the next time and so this game that yeah. ostensibly is like what eight to ten hours turned into like three four weeks months of playing <laughs> yeah yeah or, or months and there wasn't a game coming out that we, we needed to be on top of like every yeah week yeah. <laughs> it was kind of like very spaced out um, there was that as well but joby I'm, I'm really i'm really bummed that you missed i'm assuming you missed fate of atlantis because that is one of my all-time favorite games oh yeah that was awesome too that is there a lot of pixel hunting no i didn't i don't think so it had some pretty fiendish puzzles, but, um, like... I, I played one of the Indiana Jones games. I can't remember which one. Last Crusade uh, was garbage, so if you no. played that one, then that's why. No, but it came out around about the same time. It was this really shitty, cheap movie cash-in, and it wasn't a good point-and-click adventure game, and Fate of Atlantis was way ahead of its time. And it like, was it supposed had- to be a movie, wasn't it? At one stage? Wasn't- weren't they going to make it a movie? I don't know. Every, like, once a year, I dive down the rabbit hole of reading up about, like, <laughs> I know that there was supposed to be a sequel that was shit-canned, which fucking bums me right out. But that game was awesome, Joby, because in the middle section, it, like, you had uh, three options of how you wanted to play the game. Um, and, I mean, like, at the beginning and the end, it was bookended by the same parts. But you had the option to play it like sort of an action path, which was kind of stupid because the fighting was shit. And in true LucasArts fashion, you could, <laughs> there was a cheat, like you could hit a certain button and it would, it would do a dirty uppercut <laughs> and you would win 99% of the fights that way. So there's really no point in uh, playing it that way. But then there was puzzle mode, which was basically hard mode. So it got really fucking hard. And then there was a co- like a co-op mode, inverted commas, uh, team mode where you worked with one of the, the other characters in the game to solve puzzles, but it changed the way that key puzzles played out. And mm. some of them went from like pretty easy and straightforward to fucking diabolical. Um, but yeah, like it added this idea of a sense of replayability to an adventure game, mm. which I think is pretty rare, right? Because now every, you know, few years I'll go back and play through curse of monkey Island because I adore that game. But I remember, 
the solution to 90% of the puzzles. Oh, so yeah. it's basically like watching a, a TV series because I'm just like, yep, and I do that, and I do that, and I do that. Like, there's, it's, I don't play it for the challenge. I play it for just the kind of the entertainment value. Hmm. Yeah, I had a quick Google, and uh, the one I played was Indiana Jones and the Infernal Machine. Oh, the, yeah, I never played that one. You didn't think that wasn't point and click, though. That was like no, uh, it wasn't a point and click. That's why I one. Yeah, was any good? It wasn't great. Uh, that's not. I don't remember it being great. Um, yeah, but it wasn't like bad. It just but that was yeah. that was way after like Fate of Atlantis because that was like three D game. Yeah, um, yeah, it was well and truly after, but uh, we didn't really have a computer that could run Fate of Atlantis, I think, at the time. Oh, it was on C64, so I guess we could have run that. Hmm. Wasn't that but, just the worst problem at the time, though? Like, that's why I missed so many games. I remember yeah. we, we played Wing Commander, uh, the first one, but we couldn't play the the second or third one or whatever, or we, or we couldn't activate, like, the the visual mode that let you see your hand moving on the joystick and shit like that, like, because <laughs> our computer was too shit. Yeah. And then, so we went from a 286, and I think that was our computer for the longest time. So we missed out, like, we couldn't even run fucking Doom, something stupid. So we had Wolfenstein, but we weren't ever able to play Doom. <laughs> so it was fucking crazy. Like, yeah. Requirements back then and how shit they are compared to now. Yeah. Um, I guess speaking of Star Wars, Mark Hamill was in uh, Full Throttle as well. He was the bad guy, isn't he? Yeah, he's the bad guy in Full Throttle. He's the good guy in Wind Commander. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, All right. Uh, Yeah. It's cool. I like it. It's um, uh, it's kind of playing 30, 40 minutes whenever I get some free time every night. Um, I guess I'll talk about it a bit more as I hopefully wind up yep. and finish it because I stopped playing Mass Effect. <laughs> uh, uh-huh. Yes, I know, oh, right? God. How far did you get into it? You got it pretty I deep. I got to the last pan- planet. Oh, wow. I feel, like I, go- I feel like I should get to the end. So yeah. what are your thoughts after? Because I only played five hours and, and then I was basically told uh, by Jung to not go on and play anymore, uh, <laughs> that it doesn't get any better, that it's all a lie and that I should just go back and play fucking two and three because <laughs> I hadn't played them. Oh, you haven't played two and three. Far out, man. No, yeah, so this go is play two and three. my first yeah. Mass Effect game and I was so looking forward to it. And then wow. I was like, why do people rave about Bioware's writing? This is really bad. Because <laughs> it's a different then again, Bioware. <laughs> Dragon Age Inquis- uh, Inquisition, I-, I enjoyed the shit out of that. Um, yeah. I think this is just a different team. New team. Um, yeah, it's bad. Not very good mo- anything, really. Uh, yeah, d- uh, I wouldn't... No, don't don't play it. <laughs> it's a bad uh, bad time to play it, unless they fix a lot of the stuff. It's well, not. they fixed the animations in a patch, didn't they, recently? Uh, not all of it. All right. So he he still after. runs really weird when you press certain combinations <laughs> like, of... Like E.T. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah. I was kind of, uh, like sort of like Vince McMahon I was kind of thinking he's got that weird walk um, <laughs> don't 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 play it I do not think it's worth it right now it's uh, it's got a lot of issues still um, alright anyway the hard drive space uh, Nia Automata is that what it's called? Automata yep yeah I should just check the page isn't it Automata? Automata that'll do um, I, yeah I started playing that like there was some good things said by Jung about that game 
and a lot of other people. So I figured I'd jump on and check check out what was going on with that one. And that's really an interesting <laughs> interesting start of a game. It really sucks you in and kind of says, this is what we're about. Uh, strap yourself in. Because that first 45 minutes to an hour is mm. uh that's something have you have you played it at all job yet yeah so i i after jung was talking it up i uh got into it as well uh played about three hours now um yeah that's a very like hour is is just like hey here's four or five different ways styles of game yep. <laughs> it just keeps changing camera like perspectives so- every 10 minutes Nate, uh, in case you don't know what the fuck is going on, uh, basically it starts out as like a fucking shoot 'em up, uh, like a fucking side-scrolling shoot 'em up type game, okay. where you're like a plane, right? And you you like swoop around shooting shit, uh, and then it changes to a twin stick shooter with just all, all like all it needs to do this is a simple fucking perspective change, like a camera perspective change to change to a twin stick shooter. And then uh, it changes to a uh, more traditional sort of combat style. Um, it switches to a platformer at one point. Uh, so more traditional combat, I mean, like with like X to like melee attack and like shit. action game. Uh, but third person. Third person, yeah. Yeah, third person action game. Because that, that's uh, what like I'm familiar with for this game. Like that, yeah, the third person the, part, yeah. not anything else. That switches to part, a platformer yeah. and uh, yeah. And uh, yeah, it does all this through a couple of different, like, uh, I guess, uh, like two different styles of uh, play as well. Because there's um, parts where you're in a like a airship, and there's parts where you're actually on foot and shit. And uh, yeah, all of it, all of these transitions, it just does using camera changes. And uh, so yeah, it, it's a really, really cool technique that uh, sucks you in and, and keeps you, like, sort of enraptured, I guess. because yeah, you're uh, like, what the fuck is going on here? Yeah. <laughs> it just keeps changing. Like, the first bit where it started off as, like, this uh, bullet hell type game, I was like, what is going on? I thought this was a third-person action game. I clearly didn't listen to Jung, whatever you were saying last time, but it really threw me off a lot. Um, and then it just keeps going. It keeps building and building and building. And eventually you get to the, like, the boss battle and you're like, holy fuck, this is nuts. What is going on? Uh, and then next thing I knew it was like six hours later. I was still playing. It's, yep. uh, it's really cool. Um, it, you can definitely see the influences it takes from like Dark Souls. Uh, but it's mm-hmm. also dragging influences from, I think, uh, like Platinum Games, like, uh, it is Bayonetta a Platinum Games and, game. And that so, sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah. It sort of melds the, the combat style of a, a Platinum Games beat em up hmm. uh, with the Dark Souls sort of punishments, and then it does all that crazy camera changing shit as well. And yeah, like it's got that bullet hell element to it. The bullet hell occurs even during like regular on foot combat, and like you so you still like you're using your little. You got a robot sidekick that you're using to fucking ping out uh, some of the bullets so that you've got spaces to actually fit through while you're attempting to smash your way through combat and shit, which is uh, cool. And, uh, yeah, yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, 
I, uh, I actually enjoy it. I, I think the combat when you're on foot, the main, the bulk of it is a third person game. So it makes sense that that's what you've seen, Nate. But, uh, yeah, so the bulk of it is that sort of game. Um, it's, it's very cool when it does switch, but, um, I, I think even, yeah, the combat itself, just trying to combo robots or enemies up into, uh, juggle them and keep your streak going. There's no like combo ticker or anything like that. You're not, don't appear to be rewarded for longer combos or anything like that. It's just, you do it for the gratification of playing with a good, a a combat system that feels really good. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm about. Anyway, I had a interesting bug in my game though, where I had to kill the game and then reload back in because, uh, I killed all the enemies and there were apparently a percentage drop to drop this fucking quest item. And uh, one of them dropped, like, so I needed, like, a spring, a circuit board, and uh, something else, like Uh, a a gear, I guess. And, and, uh, like, two of them dropped a circuit board. And and so I didn't, like, they didn't drop a gear. So they... Yeah, I had to ki- kill the game and reload in so that the enemies would respawn so I could kill them again so I could get the shit that I needed to finish this fucking quest because it only occurred in this one area, which I thought was a bit disappointing. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, it wasn't a fantastic experience, but what yeah. do you want to do? The bit I'm not too sure about so far is the whole, the Dark Souls aspect of, like, dying <laughs> I, I haven't actually died yet but yeah, neither have I. uh i don't know if i like what they're gonna do with that part because i'm so scared of dying that i'm using so many um uh what are they called they're like potions uh to kind of regain your health uh i'm just going through them so much that because uh, i'm worried about what will happen if i do where that. are you up to Wow, uh, I got past the uh, theme park, and uh, I can't remember where I'm at now. Okay, you're way past I am where I am. Holy fuck! Yeah, there's a theme. Why park wouldn't you? Stage. Why wouldn't you fucking start with like the earlier shit? Oh well, I got past the desert. That is the first major place that you go to. Okay, well, I was you said three hours, so I figured mm. probably dingus past that yeah well i i spent a good 45 minutes running around trying to work out why the fuck i couldn't get this one item that i needed killing everything in an area or you know, ever widening i've unlocked so much of the fucking map and i can't yeah. use much of it um just trying to find enemies to kill so i could get this fucking part yeah uh so so the main so character yeah, is like a, a robot android type thing and the way it works is that when your android dies it kind of uploads that its memory back to like a central system and then you respawn as a new android but if you don't go and collect your stuff which is where the dark souls aspect kind of comes into it then you lose all the chips that were on that uh, android and the chips are kind of what allows you to level up and be better um there's things in there like uh chips that allow you to see how much damage you're doing how much health enemies have uh, how much damage you're doing your crit factor just um, weird stuff like that. And you kind of upgrade your Android as you go along. And that's the bit I'm worried about. Like, what will happen if I don't get back to my body because I either die or it takes too long for, for me to do that? 
um, and I lose all that stuff. Like I'm freaking out about that sort of thing. And that's why I kind of don't want to die because I've been, I've been buying all this stuff and like upgrading my, my, uh, character. And I'm quite invested in all the things that I've got that if I do die, I might be like, holy fuck, I'll have to quickly reload or something like that and kind of just kill the game. So maybe I need to speak to Jung and see if it's like what I should be doing and how I should be playing it. Cause at the moment I'm just kind of freaked out. It, maybe you should stop so just accept accept what is to come yeah and die but then with dark souls it's like all right i'm i'm this level i know that i'm i'm putting stats into whatever attacking all that sort of stuff and if i lose my souls it's kind of like all right whatever but in this it's kind of different because you're not losing your experience you're losing items and what you've got on you which freaks me out that's why i'm, I'm worried about it I don't know. <laughs> Meh. Yeah. Anyway, that that stuff is kind of... It's interesting, like, the whole mechanic of it and how they've kind of thought about, like, you're not actually the same person. You're a different robot and it's just being... You're in a different body. That stuff is really cool. And you can actually yep. go around the environment and find other people's bodies if you're connected to the, the, their network. And um, say Job's been in an area and he dies. On my screen, I'll see one of Job's bodies on the ground and I can either repair them or like have them come up and uh join me as like a sidekick for a little while and, and he can fight with me alongside so that's that's yep. that's kind of cool <laughs> it's just yeah, an ai yeah, controlled dude. thing it's not like a you're not summoning okay. him as far as i know yeah, right. that's not something that's in the game yet but maybe it will come along uh but it gives you like little the- tags lines as to like how they died as well so you can kind of get an idea which is pretty dark soulsy but it's um most of it is automatic and you kind of just give it a tag you can go in there and edit it if you want but there's I some, found cool some little some stuff mooses I, some yeah. mooses just sort of minding their own business in the in the game world yep and i uh, walked up and attacked them and while i was i was getting my butt kicked by them because i was six levels higher than me uh i noticed there was a dead body next to them <laughs> oh, and i was okay. fucking losing my shit that someone had died to these fucking mooses uh, while I was quickly trying not to die to these mooses, but that's, you know, not really important, I guess. Um, yeah. Anyway, so it's, uh, it's a lot of fun. Uh, I'm definitely going to continue playing it. You're much further in it to, into it than I am, though. So there's no chance that you're going to see my dead body. I might come across yours, though, if you can bear to fucking <laughs> take your medicine. Yeah. And the, the even the boss battles are very reminiscent of like a dark souls game of having different phases and making sure you time your dodge at the right right moment there's a um uh evade button which is mapped to like one of the trigger i think it's our right trigger uh so i did a couple of times at the start of the game where i was pressing circle to dodge but quite quickly learned that that's not the right dodge button but when you do that there's this really satisfying brief moment where when you do evade at the, the like correct point you can then go in for more damage um if you have the correct uh chip installed on your android but that's the kind of thing that i really like about it is that like j- grabbing all these different chips you can kind of swap in and swap out and they do different things it's very um it's very much in the same vein as oh man what was that game that the bastion guys made um I can't remember what it was called, but it had a very similar uh, mechanic in it where you- Transistor. Transistor, yeah. Where you yeah. would have these chips that you can kind of uh, 
upgrade and, and put into your character, which made them do different things and different types of abilities. Similar to that. So you can upgrade your memory chips and be able to hold more, uh, more memory, but you know, maybe my crit damage takes up 11 slots and I've kind of got to weigh up the possibilities of what I want to use in my character and what's, what's kind of not worth having there. Like, do I need to be able to see how much health I had? Probably that's a good idea, but, um, you know, do you want that or can you upgrade it and make it a bit better, take up less space? There's some really cool, interesting mechanics in there that um, are a lot of fun. And the the bit that I really like about it as well is is the uh, just the environments look look really cool. Some of them, the, as you go further along, I think the first area is kind of bland and boring, like the whole uh, uh, like ruined city. It, the textures and whatnot kind of don't look that great, and you run into areas where it looks like this you can fit through this like little wall bit but it's kind of just an invisible wall that's there um some of that stuff mm. is a bit shit but once you get into like the yep. desert areas that looks amazing compared to the stuff that i've seen in mass effect andromeda um looks much more like a desert than what they did um, <laughs> and then like the the uh the uh, theme park area is really cool they got some interesting stuff in there so it does start to open up a bit more and, and look a bit more pleasing than the earlier stuff but uh, I'm quite enjoying what that game is. Uh, my my probably only complaints is, is the PC version isn't that great. It's got a few small issues at the moment. Things like doesn't handle alt tabbing very well uh, on my computer anyway. And uh, I don't know if this is like a weird thing that's just with the PC version, but I find that whenever I hit the pause button or the, or the menu button, it doesn't work sometimes. It it pauses the game sometimes, and other times it goes into the menu. So I'm not sure what's happening there. It uh, it seems to be because most of the times where I'm want to go into the menu is when I'm like, all right, I'm running low on health. I need to use a potion. But sometimes it's like, all right, your game's paused, and I'm like, fuck. All right, now I need to unpause it and try again. And some it'll take like two or three times for that to happen. So I'm not really sure why that's going on. If there's only certain points that you can use the uh, that menu system or not. So that's quite frustrating and annoying because I'm playing with the controller as well. Not using mouse and mm. keyboard. Um, have you had that issue at all yet? No, actually, uh, I heard I, I had the only real issue I had is uh, alt tabbing, but uh, yeah, I, I don't think I, I just don't think it's actually come up for me yet. To be yeah. honest, uh, alt tabbing is a little bit of a pain in the dick. I actually had to install Borderless Window, uh, the program, to make it work properly, um, so I could alt tab and stuff. But uh, that's because I was trying to stream it. And that's basically, I'm, I like I uploaded two hours of me playing it live yep. onto YouTube, cool. um, and just yapping about shit, I guess, and trying to work out where the fuck this spring thing I needed to find was. Um, yeah, uh, the alt tabbing is, and and oh that yeah, and the fucking frame rates in the cutscenes. Yeah, are in the cutscenes significantly worse. I don't know what's going on game. there. It runs really good really in the game, weird. and then the cutscene is like <laughs> just breaks it's down. It's noticeably bad. Yeah. Oh my god. Uh, but yeah. Otherwise, yeah, it seems. Yeah, I don't know. It seems like a solid game. I'm uh, really enjoying it. Yep, definitely going to keep playing it if I can. You know, stop playing that other game. Which one? Player Unknown's Battlegrounds. Yes. 
<laughs> Is that where we're going? Yes. Uh, let's talk about Prey first. Let's talk about Prey first. Okay. I've got heaps to say because I don't want to spoil shit. I don't want to spoil shit because it's the sort of game where shit's going to get spoiled. But I did play another, like, 45 minutes of it. Um, they, they were going to allow me to play for, like, an hour and a half. And I got to a point where I'm like, you know what? I'm fucking... I'm done here. I'm ruining this game for myself and I want to fucking experience it somewhat fresh. I'm stoked that I've managed to be a fucking mug for her like 10 minutes uh, and <laughs> flop around as a mug. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I am ruining this game for myself and I don't want to because I actually have high hopes of going into this fresh. And uh, it's the sort of game where, yeah, like you, I mean, even in the other in the other demo, I spoiled shit for myself that I have tried very hard to avoid spoiling for other people. Uh, I think it's a really cool fucking reveal. I think that was okay for me because it is we did play from the start of the game. Because um, no. I, but you didn't feel like the reveal was fucking really well done. I just think it's wasted. Like, yeah, I don't know if you can avoid knowing stuff about prey. Dear listeners, I still wholly recommend it, but uh, I did play as a fucking mug for a bunch, and it's fucking hilarious. It's exactly as hilarious as it always promised to be. Uh, yeah, you get the ability, and you see a mug, and you transform into it. And the first, like, I had smashed a bunch of mugs before I got the ability. I was just running around doing my usual stupid thing of where I smash everything I can. Just because mm-hmm. things can be smashed, because uh, you know they do a really good job of interactivity and whatever, and also I'm a fucking man child, so uh, yeah, smashing mugs all over the fucking shop and just fucking yeah. So I had to fucking run deep into like further into the game to get to a fucking mug, and I see one and I just fucking beeline for it, ignoring that there were like I think there was like six mimics. Uh, those are the, the like basic enemy and one of the bigger enemies, one of the biggest scarier enemies in the room next to it. Mm-hmm. And I, I fucking swoop straight over to the mug and I transform into it. And then I turn my camera and I'm spinning around as a mug on the ground that's just landed. And I can see these fucking things and like they're facing away from me. And I'm like, oh, Fuck. And I start like hopping away as a mug, uh, and they turn around and I stop dead still, and they look at me and then they just it's perfect camouflage. Even they can't tell if you're a mug, and they're fucking mimics. They have that power. You're stealing that power from them. Um, yeah, it's amazing being a mug. Uh, and I broke their game too. Oh, High quality. Uh, there was a. Um, there was like a monster trapped in this, um, like closet. No, it was like a testing chamber, and one of the doors to the sh- testing chamber had been broken, and uh, they like you could activate something, activate a button, and the protective door would lift open to it. And the monster couldn't get out of that hole, but I worked out that if I transformed into a small enough object, I should be able to get in. Ah. <laughs> and 
It's the first five times I attempted it. Uh, it required a significant amount of dexterity, and uh, they were playing me with many beers, so uh, my dexterity was not at an all-time high. But, dexterity uh, negative 10. <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah, I uh, failed a couple of times, but it, I noticed that... Uh, the mimic, uh, the the oh, fuck it, it's a mimic. Uh, it's a mimic in a in a thing, uh, but it's a different sort of mimic, um, a scarier mimic. The mimic in the thing would mimic me when I jumped and didn't quite make it through. It would mimic me, but it mimicked me in the crucifix po- crucifix pose, and uh, and also if you turned it around, its face was gone. <laughs> <laughs> And then eventually I made it through, but there's a fucking, there's an invisible wall. Oh. There was an invisible wall not allowing me to get all the way in. Oh my God. Got it. Um, I spent about 10 to 15 minutes of my very limited time with the game. <laughs> Just on that. Yeah. It was good. Uh, good old Joey Jojo finding out the real, real deep shit when he's playing preview games um yeah anyway uh it's it's still shaping up to be amazing the gunplay in it feels fantastic uh which is especially surprising because it use it doesn't use traditional guns it like you've got one silenced pistol that i think i had 12 bullets for the entire fucking time uh otherwise you're just rocking you're mostly rocking your fucking glue gun uh, which freezes things in place that you can also use to like climb up walls and shit. Uh, or I had a fucking Nerf crossbow, Hi. like off-brand Nerf crossbow that uh, I didn't find out was a toy until I got into a very nasty battle with a very nasty monster and uh, ran out of my 12 fucking pistol bullets froze the the monster in front of me didn't really want to run up and hit it with my fucking wrench and so i'm like fuck you time for the crossbow motherfucker haven't seen this yet dead didn't do shit uh yeah uh fuck and obviously the monster had unfrozen by the time i had put that together so uh yeah pretty rough Good times. Uh, but yeah, it's pretty awesome. I'm very excited for it. Cool. Yep. That's next month, uh, right? It is, yes. It's early next month. Like, what, yeah. two, three weeks, isn't it? Two and a half weeks? Two Thanks. and a half, yeah. Real yeah, close. Maybe, yeah. Yeah. And we are going to do a spoiler cast on that one. We are. Yeah. That's our, that's our first spoiler cast is going to be on Prey. Because we're uh, we're bonus casting now, Nate. I don't know if you what? heard. <laughs> we hit our oh for Patreon. Yeah, we hit our Patreon li- limits. <laughs> Can you cheat and just say we got date on, and thus that's a bonus cast because you got an extra hour. <laughs> ah, <laughs> we got Nate on to talk sort of not really about Battlefront Two for fucking eight, an hour and eight minutes. Uh- <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> Classic. Um, yeah. Speaking of, let's talk about a game you've played. Battlegrounds. Yeah. Nate's been uh, in on it. Nice. You were playing this, this afternoon, weren't you, Nate? 
Yeah, I had a couple of cheeky rounds. How'd you go, um, jet lags as you are? <laughs> I killed a like I got into a one on one fight in really close quarters with a guy who had a shotgun and I had a pistol and I fucking caned him. <laughs> I yeah, I quickly reached for control T to turn stuff back on, but then realized he wouldn't be able to hear me because I was I was going to heckle him because he <laughs> you can, to- actually. You can what? hear them. What? After they're dead? Yep. Fuck! Yeah. For about five to ten seconds. Well, he deserved heckling. And, and they can't they can't mute you either. <laughs> oh, I know, wow! I know this because I got heckled. Oh, and wow. I, didn't, like, I, I didn't deserve to be heckled. Actually, it was shit. It was, <laughs> it was shit, shit talk, to be honest. Uh, yeah, there were three of them, and I was stuck in a tiny room, and uh, they'd been pitching, like, grenades in the room uh they'd blown open the door and been like throwing grenades in and uh i all i had was a shotgun and five bullets and uh i run out and i blast one of them in like the grenades had done half the damage already because i was in a tiny room uh they hadn't killed me though uh and um yeah grenades are fucking shit like terrible i thought they were good no they're fucking garbage um but yeah, so I run out and I blast one of them and he drops to his knees and then the other two murder me. And they're yelling, oh, Angus, Angus, oh, Angus. <laughs> oh, you oh. stupid cunts. You couldn't fucking like pull something else out. Like, uh, I don't know. I guess you came out of the closet or something. Like, fucking be a little creative, <laughs> yeah, stupid. Be freak. a little creative and just do it, an outdated gay joke. <laughs> <laughs> That would be so much better than Angus, but no, Angus, I fucking hate that shit. I was talking about monster closets, you homophobe. Um, <laughs> you? No. Uh- <laughs> I just uh, wanted you to say that. <laughs> uh, that's anyway, usually yeah. the, the, you know, the average of the burns that you'll find on the internet is true. not particularly intelligent. Very true. Um... Have you won any more games, Nate? Since we no. no, no. I keep yeah. jumping in, like treating it like a t- like. I jumped in just before this podcast. I'm like, oh yeah, I've got 15 minutes. Ah yeah. <laughs> and you then I'm like running around everything. I'm like, oh, I probably can't play to win if I've got 15 minutes. So I ended up quitting just before Luke called me. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm learning that it's it's interesting uh, how you have to change tactics between different first person shooters. Um, and I, and I find that I'm going to have to change my tactic of like running away in zigzags, uh, to get away from people to try to get like over a hill or something or get behind cover and, and, and just accept that either if there's no cover, I've got to spin around and try and take shots straight away or I'm fucking dead. Or when I get to a little bit of cover, that's not ideal. I've got to use that and then use the alt cam to find them and yep. try to and you know pull out some headshot bullshit or a fucking spray and pray or whatever because you just you just don't survive uh, running away these days unless you're at an extreme distance and and they're not the best shot um, mm. someone who's close to you and you can hear that oh sound design holy shit the, the footsteps that's great they've finally put that back in properly in they're fact, really they're yeah, too loud but uh, that's good I'd rather that than the opposite so you can really hear when you know people who are running a gunning for you but I'm, I'm still enjoying doing the I can't remember what was the term that I used for them when I was going away like we had to do an aggro yeah an aggro play so just deliberately picking somewhere where I know other people are going um, and just trusting that RNG 
will be on my side or <laughs> yeah. I will be able to outshoot them in the instance of dickhead with a shotgun. Um, and yeah, like, cause I find that fun. And if you lose, you've, it's only been like two minutes. So you're like, okay, that's cool. I'll just jump in and join another queue. But yeah. And at least <laughs> you've killed pressure. someone. Like it's not you sitting around we- for half an hour with no kills. Yeah, yeah, I do. Like, I do. To be fair, I do enjoy the the hide and seek nature of battlegrounds. But obviously, you know, as a super aggressive shooter guy, I also enjoy getting in some fucking shit, and getting into some firefights. Yeah, and it's better to die, I think, early rather than right towards the end because that feels kind of gutting. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Like, that easy to blame RNG early on, you know, because sure. like most of the yeah. time, it's true, right? Like, if you've haven't got like the fucking vest or a backpack to be able to hold enough stuff or if you've got shit guns that you keep finding like you're, you're pretty fucked against a semi-proficient player mm. they're really bad which you know there's always going to be really really bad players but um, I feel like the player base is getting better and smarter oh yeah definitely uh, and there's a lot there's a lot of people playing right now <laughs> it is insane there's like uh, I think they've been hitting peaks of about a hundred and something thousand people, which is quite high on the Steam list. It's currently in about third, I think, uh, behind, as Job said, uh, the last couple of weeks, Team Fortress. Uh, sorry, Counter Strike and Dota. I think. I think it's overtaken yep. Team Fortress. Um, yeah, it had at least. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and they went on to say like they sold a million copies. It, it, like, if I look at my Steam list right now, there are one, two, three, four, five, six people playing. Uh, and one of those people is is Heath. Uh, the others are people we don't play with. <laughs> like, so out of the, our group that plays is like another like bucket load. There, there's a lot of people playing it right now, and I think that's really cool. It's it's a very unique uh, game that a lot of people have jumped on top of very quickly, and they're still playing it. So I think that's awesome. That's really cool. Yeah. Yeah, people are fucking into it, eh? I, I find it surprising in light of the fact that, I mean, last time I checked, it's still on a, like a mostly positive rating on yep. Steam. And usually that, I mean, means people kind of avoid it, right? Like it's early access, it's mostly positive, or, you know, that makes me think twice about getting it. But I think it's just lots of, you know, lots of streams, lots of YouTube videos and stuff. And they've just fucking nailed that gameplay formula, haven't they? Despite the warts, like for, for us to keep coming back for more even though we know that there's lots of shit that they need to fix yeah really nailed, done, yeah. yeah they've really nailed that core formula so you're like yeah i don't want to miss out on this i, I, I want to be growing with it like i want to be there when the new patch drops and the new features come in or the, mm-hmm. the new things are fixed so that i'm i have the edge and i know exactly what's happening and yeah not come back later and go oh okay what's changed what's different it's not like the forest you know where i played it one year and then came back a year and a half or two years later and and found it rewarding in a different way because they'd added more content or whatever it's like no no, no i want to i want to be along for the ride with this one and i don't see it being the the game that i'll uninstall like i think as long as we all keep playing it it's just gonna stay on there like siege you know it's gonna be that go-to yeah yep yeah and i think the other positive thing about it which i mentioned last week is that they're on top of the community aspect like they, they know what they're doing they're updating a couple of times uh, a week at the moment they're doing a lot of server side patches and fixes and then they're doing a uh, like a client update every week and then like a big monthly update uh every month as well so and they're communicating that they're telling people what is going on what's happening with it what are we working on when can we expect to see 
these fixes that are like important bugs, um, which I think is super important in this day and age of playing games, especially with a big multiplayer community. Um, and they've jumped on top of that and then kind of embraced it. And I think it's working really well for them. There's a patch going up later, a uh, patch blog going up later today. I don't know what time, but they did say this afternoon there was one going up with a new weapon. Um, so that, that'll be really cool. New sub-machine gun. That fucking, that vector in every other game mm-hmm. is a fucking, it's a nightmare. It's a fucking a high rate of fire. It's probably going to become one of the new go-to guns, like the old, maybe the secondary gun that you get. It's an early game, definitely. Like No, I, like at the rate of fire that like the ump is already a fucking beast at its rate of fire. The Mac 10 is already redonks. Think about like this, this thing is basically the Mac 10 rate of fire with umps sort of stability and shit. Yeah, but the, a, that doesn't have good that, range, That's yeah. how it is in every other fucking game. Hey, there's a Mac 10 in Battlegrounds. Uh, the, the mini Uzi or whatever the fuck. Oh, right. Sorry. Yeah. I thought that added a gun and I missed, but right. oh, no, no, no. Um, yeah. The, um, yeah, at range, but I mean, that's, that's the thing, right? Like you, at, at the moment, I take one gun that I get as much ammo as I can for that basically I put everything on, yep. usually a SCAR or preferably an M416, uh, maybe an AK if all I'm finding is 7.62 ammo, and then I'll take something else. Hmm. And that something else doesn't really fucking matter as long as it's something else that I can return to. Like something else that I can leave an, on full auto and leave a fucking red dot side on so that if I, I'm trying to go into houses or some shit, I've got the ability to just fucking unleash. Uh, 100%. So, yeah, that's exactly how I play. Yeah. The Vector is going to, I think, very quickly take that role. If it, if it performs the way it performs in every other fucking game. That's yeah. that's. Uh, I got my first solo win today. It's about time? Question mark. Uh, <laughs> how many solo wins you got? I think two. And how many uh, group wins you got? Uh, two or three. Mm-hmm. And then I think and two, two or three duos. I'm, I'm not sure. On Australian servers, yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty all, close. I think all up, I've got about nine wins, maybe total. Yeah. Um, the, yeah, I, I fucking, my heart was fucking pounding, like proper pounding, but I cheesed my way to victory and I know 100%. Uh, the only reason, like I, I said in, I made a streamable, I chucked it on the discord and the title of it was, I did not deserve to win this. That other guy deserved to win it even less than I did to be fucking frank. He, his performance was even worse than mine. Uh, uh, like, A, I was hiding in a fucking bush directly over the fucking hill w- that he creeped over. So he should have been out. He should have seen me. Uh, and B, uh, yeah, he shot worse than I did. Um, my actual plan, like, the reason I do this one shot straight up in that video, I do one shot and then I don't fucking fire for a good second or so. is because I th- thought... 
the weapon was fucking on full auto. I must have switched <laughs> it off full auto. And my plan was to just unleash an entire fucking clip on him and he would be dead and it wouldn't be a problem. So a lot of like a lot of my aiming problems were me adjusting to recoil that wasn't there and then having to fucking rectify in my fucking brain that I wasn't actually firing anymore. I'm like, oh, and then the panic sets in because I'm like, oh my God, I just lost this fucking game. Oh my God, I've lost this game. No, no, just shoot. Just shoot. He hasn't killed you. Oh my God, he hasn't killed you. Don't aim for his head. He's got a level three fucking helmet. All this shit's going through my brain and uh, I'm trying desperately to fucking kill him and then uh, somehow I win. Nice. uh, Yeah, it was... uh, It was a... um, a, I don't know, a textbook example of not fucking firing the moment you see someone, which seems to be a common problem with our group. Uh, our group of, of people, our players, just fucking, they'll just unload. The moment they see, they're like, oh, fuck, person, blam, 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 and they'll fucking shoot at whatever the fuck they can, and oh, the person will just run away. And that's not just Squirrel, though. Luke, no, no, he like, was complaining about you. He was like, oh, can I, can I fire at this guy? I'm like, uh, if you've got a shot, of course. He's like, Job says I can't fire at people. <laughs> but the irony of that message was he was shooting at people in a buggy, and by the time he started firing, he just gave away our position i mean there was no repercussions for that but <laughs> but like i would not have taken those shots unless i thought that i could kill the driver if there was two yeah. people in the car which there was because yeah. um, otherwise the other guy's just gonna get away or circle back run us over or something like yeah like it's totally there's a tactical element and if you can back yourself to make the shot even if it's long range that's fine do it but if you can't and you don't shoot you get closer or you yep. avoid yep it's p- totally part of the game. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, picking picking shots is yeah definitely I think more important than taking shots sometimes. Um, speaking of uh, people in a car, I was uh, we were going to military island or the military base on military island, and uh, this car came careening over the bridge from like Milta, and uh, I sort of hid behind a fucking buggy they just drove straight at me i think their plan was to just smash the buggy into me and all i had was a sega and 10 rounds and uh i've i've like sort of stood there i'm like ah fuck it uh and i shot the driver who died instantly and then the car bounced backwards and up off the buggy so the buggy didn't shift at all and it just sort of like like went up on its fucking nose and then flopped over and uh i shot the other two dudes as they jumped out and i went over and uh the only person with the gun was the driver <laughs> what were they doing what they were they were fresh <laughs> uh, game, right oh yeah they must have been oh my god <laughs> but that's yeah. like bully to you <laughs> oh fuck free kills yeah Hmm. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm very much enamored with the game. I, I have got all my settings on low as fuck. They need to do something about that. They need to rectify that as soon as possible. Um, because, yeah, it's like you are seriously disadvantaging yourself if you're not playing on all low, except for AA and draw distance, obviously. Yeah. Um, yeah, because, yeah, you're just, you're just fucking yourself at that point. Um, you're just you're going to be at a disadvantage and yeah 
just doesn't make sense. They've got to fix it. Yeah. A couple um, of things they added last week was the uh, they've changed, as Nate said, stuff with the sound, um, but they've added in weather effects uh, for the rain. So there's now yep. thunder, uh, which yeah. is super freaking scary because that stuff is very loud <laughs> and it's some some of it's just like regular thunder like yeah but there is one thunder noise that is a fucking like a thunder crack <laughs> yeah. and the yeah. crack sounds so much like a fucking bullet shot, yeah. smacking near you oh my god i shit my pants every single time yeah that's great because it's such a tense game Sound is so important, though. Like, you can use a plane to do cover your footsteps and stuff like that if you're running up on someone. Like, that's awesome. Yeah. It, it staggers me how often people don't use that, like, use sound to cover their tracks. Like, every time a plane will go over and I'm, like, trapped in a fucking house and I know there's, like, three hostiles outside and, like, I can hear them walking around outside and then the plane comes in. I'm like, ah, oh, here we fucking go. Here we go. This is how I die. Oh, my fucking God. And then, uh, yeah, nobody comes in. And I hear them open the door and clomp, clomp, clomp up the stairs. I'm like, if you'd done this, like, 20 seconds earlier, I would not have been able to tell you were coming. I, I would have been on edge and waiting for you at the stairs anyway. But still, fucking hell. Um. Yeah. Yeah. It's. It's. Yeah. I had a a pretty. I didn't have a good weekend with it. There was a patch. That patch that rolled out. I think on Thursday. Um. Mm. At the same time, there was a driver update, and I updated my drivers as well. And I was running into issues with the game where it would kind of just freeze for about a second or two, uh, just at random intervals, and I was. Like, what the fuck is going on with this? Like, it would just happen for, you know, I'd been in the middle of a fight and then all of a sudden my screen would just stop moving and the next thing I'd be dead or, or I'd be trying to spin around and it was like really choppy. Uh, I thought it was just the uh, the patch they rolled out, but I, I did some searching on the uh, Reddit page and there was like a couple other people had the same sort of symptoms and um, one of the guys ended up fixing it by deleting the latest driver Um and then reinstalling it. And I was like, oh, okay, I'll give that a crack and see what happens. So I downloaded like the removal tool and, and, uh, you know, deleted everything, restarted, fresh install and fired it back up. And yeah, everything worked fine. So that was pretty cool. But I lost like three days of this happening because I was like, fuck, they've got some sort of weird memory bug in there again. Like the same sort of problem they were having the other last week, I think, when they did a patch. Um, so that was yep. kind of frustrating that it, it turned out just to be the NVIDIA drivers. So I lost like easily two or three days of playing it and just super frustrated yelling at anybody that I could as to how bad it was fucking running. <laughs> but it just turned out to be the driver. So fortunately, I fixed it. But still an annoying problem that I wish I didn't have to deal with. I didn't even, didn't even need to update a driver either. It wasn't for any particular game. It was kind of just... I think it was for a couple of just random games and some uh, some new GTX uh, support for the latest cards. I think the 10 cards. Um, yeah, just kind of stopped me around a bit. But yeah, I wish I wish I hadn't done it. But what else? Have, what else can I do? So if anyone has that problem where it's like weird choppy issue, uh, reinstall your driver. Give that a crack. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Otherwise, I'm enjoying it, man. I had a, a rounds where something sort of similar to what you were saying where um, I drove across a bridge in a car and in front of me was a buggy 
And I thought, fuck mm. it, I'm just going to run into this guy. And I ran into him and it flipped me up into the air, like doing circle flips. And I ended up in the water. And as I land in the water, I see another car in there as well. And I'm like, oh, this motherfucker's been knocking people in. <laughs> this is his tactic. I'm going to be I'm gonna be on YouTube or something. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I swam out and he was gone by that stage. But still, that was quite, quite funny. Um, Amazing. But we've had some good rounds of just jumping in with a lot of people and, and having like each time somebody gets to pick a spot where to land and uh, yeah it's it's a really cool fun game that I think um, there's a few things they still need to work on I don't know how they can kind of fix the late game stuff because um, sometimes it can become very slow into like the medium to late game uh, in some of those matches I think in particular the squad squad matches are quite slow as opposed to the solo and duos. So I'm not sure what they can kind of do there because each each uh, mode is... I think it plays out very differently. The The solo stuff and the uh, duo stuff, sometimes you'll be... There'll be people like half the, half the server will be gone by the time the first circle hits. Um, whereas yep. in squad matches, you can get to a really low circle and there'll still be 50 people alive. Um so I don't know how they can go about balancing that and trying to f- make it like an even spread. I'm sure they've got lots of data as to what's who's dying and when and what they can do to kind of, you know, either add time to some of those circles or lower the time. Um, yeah, I still think there's some tweaking to be done there, especially when you run into situations where you're running constantly for like, for like five minutes because you've just been dicked by the randomness of the circle where it's going to end up. Um, and that's not fun. Just... Because you're not you're not really shooting anybody. You're not really trying to loot or find stuff. You're just running for five or ten minutes, five or six minutes. Um, there's still stuff there to be done, but in the most part, it's it's a lot a lot of fun. And uh, Nate, why why have you jumped on board with this and not stuff like DayZ? Because I know they're a little bit different, but they're still in the same sort of vein style of game. No, Daisy had the like. It's just Daisy's just been buggy as fuck, man. Every time okay. someone's told me about it, jump into it. Like the, the zombies as well. I don't think they really add anything mm-hmm. to what I played, and they're super buggy as well. So like, you, like you guys were advising that you oh you just ignore, you know ignore them, you just run away from them, and I think the um, it's it's highly lethality, right? Uh, uh, Daisy, yeah, which means that. We run around for a long time and get killed by some cunt in a bush. Yep. Um, whereas, <laughs> no, no, but like, yeah. even in that clip, you can see that there's um, an element of escapability in Battlegrounds, which I enjoy because I feel like if we just dropped in and it was all RNG and then you died from some cunt that you didn't see and you never knew where they were and you couldn't learn from that, that I probably would yeah. get over this game really quick. But the fact that if someone takes a shot and they miss or even if they take a shot and they hit I've still got a little bit of a chance to survive and excuse me if I'm running out through an open field or on a hill with no cover then that's on me I shouldn't be doing that unless I'm absolutely desperate I should be weaving and moving between cover you know like so there are tactical ways to stack the deck in your favor which I enjoy and I I like that because the RNG applies to everyone equally you have just as good a chance of getting something as you do a bad. 
um, and especially when you drop right next to someone. Like, it's just the tension, man. Like, the game's intense at all times. Mm. Uh, I often find myself involuntarily swearing when I get shot because <laughs> I just was like, I, I fall into that feeling of being safe, haven't seen someone in a while, see the player counts down to 40, like, feeling like I've scoped out the area pretty well, and then suddenly you're getting shot in the back, like, fuck! You know, like, <laughs> and I duck involuntarily yeah. as well. Like, it's it's really good um, with attention, and, and I'm particularly enjoying, like I was talking about before, that I'm, I feel that I have to update my tactics for this game. Yeah. Battlefield 1, um, probably fairly similar in some respects in terms of the lethality uh it's a bit quicker and then there's the whole sniper rifle bullshit where people can one shot you in the chest from certain ranges but remove that and if someone hits me when i'm running i start weaving and dodging like a motherfucker and even if they're in front of me i usually back myself to get within the engagement range of the weapon that i have pretty easily and Mm. i usually kill them i can't i don't back myself to do that in this there's a lot more doubt which I think makes the game more appealing um, because while there is a certain amount of luck involved, the, yeah, the, the, the ways that you can kind of try to make it a bit easier and the tactics that you can apply that you actually feel are rewarded. Like I don't find that a lot of my deaths are bullshit deaths, you know, like the game has problems, but when I get killed most of the time these days, I'm like, well, you know what? I, I deserve to die in that fight. Like, I didn't fire soon enough, or that guy had a fucking shotgun and he shot me in the head straight away. Like, all right. Yeah. I got sniped across the map. Okay, cool. Um, and I was running in a straight line like an idiot in an open field, um, which is, I think, pretty rare these days. Like, there's a lot of times in other games where I'm like, hang on, I, f- I feel like I, I shot that guy first, or I had a headshot, or it looked like he missed, or he wasn't even aiming at me. Um, surprisingly, that's happening a lot less in an early access game um, than it is in the sort of AAA titles that we tend to play. Yeah. 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 I think they've got a really good idea of, of what sort of, um, you know, what sort of game they wanted to be from the outset. And so they, and they knew that they needed certain to achieve certain goals before they even launched. And I think that code was one of them. I mean, there is still some bullshit. There's still some hectic bullshit, especially lag compensation bullshit. But uh, yeah, it's a lot less than yeah what we see in other games. Hmm. Yeah. I like a game that makes you feel like death is deserved either way. Like you deserve to get a kill when you're shooting well, or when you made a stupid mistake or someone gets a drop on you that you kind of deserve to die. Or, or maybe less that that they deserve to get the kill. Yeah, um, yeah, that's it's, what I like. It, it feels fair. I think in most cases, yeah. The biggest thing I'd, I would like to see them address as well is the, uh, um, I guess, the foliage stuff, but also being outside the zone and shooting people, especially in late game, um, like having people come up from behind you 10, 15 seconds after that zone has finished. Um, mm-hmm. being shot in the back I think there needs to be I don't think they need to play with the settings in terms of how much damage you take but it needs to be uh, like either like stop you from shooting somehow like make it blurry make it so that you can't see or yeah just or- make it like there are occasional shutters right you get the occasional shutter because it's an electric field uh, yeah. it does make it slightly more difficult to shoot by the last bit you should basically be hip firing or nothing if you aim down sights, you can't see fucking shit because of the shutter and you've got no fucking hope. Um, 
you like they they should make it so that your only choice is to sprint into the fucking zone. Like it's it's not going to f- solve it completely, but it does. Like what happens is, especially in teams, one if a team has four people left, one person will just say, "Well, I'll just run out of the zone and leap around behind them, and I'll go kill them. I'll get around and kill them because they won't." be looking out of the zone for me to come at them and that that's what they'll do and yeah they desperately need to fix that that is a priority thing that i think they need to fix because it's horseshit yeah because you end up Sorry with situations where they're just well. like no that's what i mean like they you end up with situations where they're just they've got more players anyway so they're not really winning in terms of you know a front on fire they're coming up from behind and uh you know it's not a good way of playing <laughs> Yeah, you know, you've you've tried to play properly, and then they've gone outside the play zone, uh, which is you know what that zone is for. It's supposed to be an area where people are fighting in, but they move out of it and then come up from a different angle. And you're like, well, all right, fair enough. But if there was something there to stop them from doing that, like uh, either changing the accuracy or just making it so you can't fucking see, uh, making it really blurry, um, maybe that'd sort that out. I think it'd be interesting to see what would happen. <laughs> um, yep. Yeah. Anyway, that that game's a lot of fun. Like and it's one just- one other thing they need to fix is teamers, which uh, is is complicated, I think. But uh, they do. I was reading they have a solution sort of teed up. What they're going to do is uh, they're going to implement the ability to see people like people who are playing path the path that they took. Throughout okay. the game, yeah, on the map, so it'll be a two D representation of the path they took in the map, and uh, you'll be able to match. So people who are teaming will be walking alongside one another, uh, not, not killing, killing one another. Yeah, yeah, and it's a yeah, it's definitely something that happens in solos and duos, and it's bullshit. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's a yeah similar cheating bullshit. We were playing the other night uh, in a duo match, and. Uh, we came up, we were in a house looting, and then a, a fucking car rolled up with four people in it. I'm like, what? what is going on? Like, there's a car of four. Anyway, yeah. we ended up taking all of them out. And then, <laughs> as we're, like, looting them and whatnot, running around, another car rolls up with four people. And it's like, uh, something's not right here. We ended up, we actually accidentally queued up in a squad match with only two of us. Um, we ended up taking out like three squads of four so we pretty satisfied about that but i was freaking out that first time like holy shit they're teaming up and this is this is crap (laughs) but after the second and third one it kind of got an idea of what was going on but still like um they couldn't do it you you need a bigger squad before clearly some of those people aren't good enough yeah no just just mowing down people um all right, I think that's that's enough of Battlegrounds, right? It's it's all totally. good. Yep. Uh, jump in Discord if you want to play with us. Yep. Yep. Nate, you gonna play? Good. good. After this? Yep. Yep. Probably. I all gotta right. have dinner, but yeah. no, you don't. You don't need to have dinner. Let's do some news, and then we'll get the fuck out of here. Um, Nintendo Mini Classic is no longer in production at the moment. They've uh, this is the like little console that had. 30 or 40 games on it that was selling like crazy in uh, at EB in very low quantities it sounds like um, yeah so Japan in sorry Nintendo's Japan has said that they've uh, discontinued it for the moment 
and uh, you won't be able to buy it, which is kind of shit, because a lot of people seem to want one of those things. Uh, I know buy Job, a Raspberry Pi. Job was pretty pretty excited to get his hands on one. Um, totally. Couldn't stop talking about it on Twitter. Yep, I was all over Twitter. They're fucking shit. Did you guys ever get one? No. Katie bought one, and right. they're, they're, seriously, she played it for half an hour, and then she just looked at me and she said, do you want to keep this? And I'm like, no, this looks fucking shit. And she, <laughs> she sold it for more than she paid for it because that's how big the hype machine was. But it didn't come with a fucking a power adapter. Like, it came with the cable but not the charger bit. And thank fuck we're rolling with, you know, Android phones and to have all the disconnectable whatever yeah. stuff. So we had that there. But then the to be authentic, the cable that connects the controller to the console is like, I don't know, half a meter or something stupidly short. <laughs> so it's completely impractical, but I believe that it's got Bluetooth in it so you can buy a Bluetooth controller if you want. And I'm just like, fuck you, cash grab Nintendo. Eat shit. Like, they're just the mm. fucking worst. They, they don't even sell something that's a complete product. Like, you can't assume that everyone's got like a spare little power adapter sitting around they can plug a USB cable into. I think that that's fucked that they sell it like that, like that you can't actually use it out of the box, technically. Yeah. It, I, think it's, I think it's strange that they release this thing and whether or not it was supposed to be a limited release, like they never said that and they kind of just put it out there and didn't have enough stock. Uh, and then like they said, oh, now we're not making it anymore. Uh, it's just Nintendo being Nintendo, I guess. Um, I, don't, I don't know what's going on with that stuff but like even their wording about the production ending they're not even saying oh well we're bringing it back next year or or maybe there's they'll probably do a new revision at some stage you know nintendo classic mini 2 with a different set of games on it or some shit um of course they will yeah because it just sold that well but there's a whole rollout process of it was just done super poorly and and they could have done a lot better job, but people will still buy it. And they'll, uh, the next time they release the same thing, it'll sell bonkers again. So I'm sure people will not forget. Um, anyway, uh, this one's for you, Nate. I think you put this on here. There's free DLC coming for Titanfall 2, or was it Job? Oh, I, I suggested that one. Yeah, there's um, new maps and new Titans as well, apparently coming over the, uh, the next One few new months. Titan, I think. Oh, is it one new Titan, right. But yeah. isn't that great? Like, um, yeah, an EA really cool. game, I mean, admittedly, I don't know if they decided this before or after they sent it out to fucking die, um, has decided that they don't want to divide the player base and that they want to keep this stuff together. I, I hope... Oh, man, how bad would it be if EA uses this as an example as to say, well, it didn't work for Titanfall 2. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they fucked it. Because it's such a great idea, right? How, I don't know, Joby, maybe you know, how how are they making their money um, if not charging for DLC? Uh, I don't know how they're making their money. Skins, uh, robot skins. They've got cosmetics, yeah. Um, yeah, okay. But, yeah. I don't, yeah, I don't know. I don't think they're making a lot of money out of it. Um, yeah, it's all cosmetic. I believe it is all cosmetic. So it's it's Luke's dream. Hey, yeah. the dream, Lukey. The dream, Luke. It is real. No, you, should, you have to get it. Oh, okay. I will. Good. I actually already uh, bought it. Convenient. Titanfall, that is. Remember? <laughs> 
Oh, I don't remember. That's the news. Excellent. <laughs> Slow news week. It was all Star Wars news, but we already talked about it. Yeah. For an hour and 10 minutes. We smashed it. Yeah. Yeah. 100 cents. Right. Should we wrap things up uh, then? Yep. Let's wrap it up. Rapidly, 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 rap. But before we do that, we would like to thank our, uh, all our Patreon subscribers in, uh, that jumped on and they help support the show every week. Uh, this week, Anthony D has jumped on board the Gap Train. And um, we appreciate the support from him. And Thanks, Anthony. Also, Job has an announcement to make. Just wanted to be clear. <laughs> last week when Luke said that Morella TV was clearly abusing the gap for advertising, we're just taking piss, man. We, uh, we weren't actually accusing you of that. I just wanted to make it clear. I think that if we were worried that you were doing that, then we would probably say not say your name but uh we don't have a problem <laughs> yeah. uh, i actually think it'd be an interesting guerrilla marketing technique to like i mean how much is how much is a fucking how much is a marketing buy these days right like minimum a couple of thousand bucks just like pledge like whatever the minimum is to get a shout out on a shitload of podcasts and uh and yeah then you get like some guerrilla marketing hype uh but i'm not once again, not accusing you of doing that. Uh, I just, yeah, wanted to point it out because uh, well, you I felt bad. <laughs> no, I did feel bad. Yeah. Um, we were just, yeah. we were just joking around. Yep. <laughs> that said, if yeah. you want to throw money at Patreon, you know, just saying, just do it. There's me taking the piss after an apology. Sorry, sorry, guys. Yeah. Nobody got it, so I wouldn't stress. Oh. Um, so yeah, and. Uh, and we had a request. Instead of questions, we had a request okay. to get cooking tips from me. All right. Uh, via our questions tab on our Discord, uh, where you can join us and play games and whatever. Um, Luke will tell you the address, I'm sure. It's no. the gapodcast.com slash Discord. Uh, Discord? Yep. 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 <laughs> hey! Uh, anyway, a request. Uh, Tom wrote that he'll join our Patreon if he gets cooking tips. And I am actually willing to give cooking tips. I have, like, I reckon if I had a bigger fucking kitchen, I would I would have a fucking cooking show. It'd be all about slow cooking. But some questions. <laughs> to Job, Job's slow cooking for eight hours. <laughs> We've yeah, talked yeah, about this, Joby, that you should do a, a fucking cooking show. The GoPro on your head and do it that way. <laughs> no, no, I think I'd do it the, the way they do those gift recipes where you have it like sort of perched above the bowl. Because uh, otherwise, you'd just be seeing me looking at like wandering around the kitchen endlessly or like spilling shit. Uh, yeah, but you would be like swearing. It'd be amazing. It'd look. It'd be too much like that. Um, have you ever seen that? Um, fuck. It was like how you about basic. to say no? I haven't seen it. Oh, yeah. How yes, I have. Yes, I have. Yeah, the guy cracks eggs on everything. That's literally what I was imagining, though. <laughs> <laughs> and Thank that's you. why I was laughing. Um, anyway, uh, so cooking tips to get Tom on board. Uh, Dangers asks, what is the best way to cook a steak? And uh, the best way to cook a steak is either you slow roast it, which is how um, well, uh, Hog's Breath does it. You slow roast it at, I think it's 85 degrees Celsius. Yeah, it is 85 degrees Celsius off the top of my head for like six hours. And... Uh, 
and then you sear it, but that's a little inconsistent. Uh, if you've got a sous vide machine, then uh, Google whatever fucking temperature relates to whatever doneness of the steak it is you want. Uh, if you want anything above medium, though, then if you want anything above medium, get your nice cut of beef and put it in the microwave and zap it for 15 minutes because it's not going to fucking matter at the end. Uh, you're ruining that. You're ruining that meat, uh, to be honest. Uh, but uh, anything that you can actually taste stuff, yeah, get a sous vide machine, uh, Google it. It's it's not it's not a high temperature. It's, uh, but basically with a sous vide machine, it will hold it at that temperature the entire fucking time, like till the end of time. And then all you need to do is get a skillet or a like fry pan, I guess, uh, as hot as you like possibly can without burning down your hands. And... Uh, like wait until your like vegetable oil is starting to just just starting to smoke, and then you slap the steak in, uh, and then you flip it. You can add some butter as well because add some butter, but do it late because uh, the butter fat, the fat in butter, burns a lot faster. Like actually burns, not not so it'll smoke a lot quicker. So do it a bit later, but. Uh, It'll add some nice flavor and then you flip it and you get that nice like crusty crusted seal on the outside it's called the uh mired effect um it's basically just caramelization as the uh sugars in the meat sort of uh burn together uh that's some shit it's amazing um and then uh what else did we have we had another one as a good um can't use coconut oil, Miracle writes. Uh, and as much as I love olive oil, it's not the greatest in various cases. So what oils do you prefer to use in cooking? Uh, actually, uh, you can use oil, olive oil in pretty much every case. Uh, you just have to accept the fact that it's not going to... Like, don't use really high-quality extra virgin olive oil. Extra virgin... You get extra virgin when you want that flavor of oil. Um, the, the olives in your oil so you use that for dressings and shit but if you just get bog standard fucking olive oil you can use that it doesn't fucking matter it's just uh, it's just a matter for you to transfer heat into whatever it is you're trying to fry so you can use that but otherwise use vegetable oil that's what I use uh, or I guess you could use um, peanut oil but it's risky because people you know can die so yeah vegetable oil or yeah olive oil if you don't give a fuck about the olivey flavour uh, any suggestions for various uses? Uh, those were two suggestions. I don't know. I suppose understand the question. Eating, eating uh, is one of them. Eating oil uh, and drinking oil. Yeah. Uh, how many slow cooker recipes do you have in that head of yours and will you make a cookbook? I will give you a really quick slow cooker recipe right now. You get a whole chicken, right? You cover it in whatever you want said chicken to taste like. M&M's. Uh, no. Uh Savory flavors, douchebags. Oh my god! Uh, Uh, Red licorice, cayenne cayenne pepper, paprika, salt and pepper. Rub that all over the thing. Mountain Dew. Rub it in brown sugar, and then you put it in breast side down in the slow cooker and leave for six hours, and you have a perfect roast chicken. It's spectacular. It's amazing. Brilliant. Uh, best 20-minute quick dinner, Tom writes. It was actually Tom's question, so these other guys, dang, is a miracle of just bogarted his fucking question. But uh, Tom writes, best 20-minute quick dinner. If you like uh, if you like fish or if you don't hate fish, uh, what you do is you get a tin, like a b- large tin of tuna, and you get a 
thing of parsley from um, from your grocer or whatever, uh, and you get some nice olive oil, uh, and you cook a bunch of spaghetti. Yep. Cook a bunch of spaghetti until it's uh, al dente, you know, uh, not quite. So it's just a tiny bit still chewy. Uh, and then you drain the water out, uh, except for just a tiny. You leave a little bit of the pasta oil uh, water in the pot, and then you dump the uh, tuna in, and you dump the chopped parsley in, and you dump some olive oil in and some salt and pepper, and you mix it all together, and uh, you have a spectacular and it actually tastes amazing if you want to modify it a little bit you can add some uh chopped up anchovies and it really smashes the fucking fishy taste up a notch but mm. anchovies are for everyone you're already eating fish though and while you're there what's the best desserts I, I don't know man that's a really good one i usually just eat like whatever uh banoffee pie but I can never remember. Oh, yes. Perfect. My mum's cheating. Cheat like bullshit chocolate mousse. Uh, you whip some cream. Just get like heavy cream and you whip it. And uh, when you're like three quarters of the way through the process of whipping it, you add in like four or five tablespoons of chocolate Nesquik. Yeah. And that's it. Huh. Uh, you finish finish whipping it until it's st- and that's chocolate mousse. Oh, uh, is that the yeah. same one Nate had the other night? What? what? Nate was saying your mum's mousse is pretty good. Well, <laughs> 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 but hey, quickly on the topic of anchovies, which yeah. I thought that I hated, um, yeah. a friend of mine insisted that we get pepperoni pizza with anchovies. Oh, yeah. Divine. Yep. Like yeah, right. the way that those the fucking saltiness played into the taste of that whole thing was like I can't have a pepperoni pizza now without anchovies. It's amazing. Huh. You want to you, like use anchovies in a really crazy way that you will never be able to go back from is you chuck them on crumb steak. Just chuck two of them on a crumb steak, and it is it's like there's there's no turning back. You can't eat crumb steak without anchovies after that. It's spectacular. Hmm. It's really fucking. Good. Yeah. Anyway, there's Joby's cooking tips. Joby's going to make that for us, Luke. Is he? So sounds good. Thanks, Joby. <laughs> I made brisket on the weekend. Smoked brisket. I heard. I heard yeah, the rumors. Yeah. I fucking nailed it. Took me, I was really happy. With it. it was such a mad pain in the dick to smoke things on the Weber Q because it is automatically always too hot. And it just tries to cook things way too fast. And so instead of being this smoking things, it's supposed to be this, oh, yep, set, forget, come back eight hours later, done. No, instead it's like every fucking hour, every game of Battlegrounds, I've got to go out and check shit again. <laughs> That's the new metric of time. That is how I measure time now. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it was a pain in the dick, but it actually turned out really well. So I was, yeah, stoked. Hmm. Yeah. Cool. Cool. All cool. right. Um, so anyway, you can do that at patreon.com slash the GA podcast. If you want to subscribe, it helps us, uh, I guess, pay for costs and evolve the show. And Cover whatnot. What's that? Cover our costs. Cover our costs um, and evolve the show. We're doing things like uh, we hit our goal. So we're going to do a prey podcast, spoiler cast yep. next month, which should be yep. fun. And uh, yeah, we'll go from there. 
Um, and also, people get early access if you subscribe to the Four Dollars and More tier. I think. Sure. Four Dollars. Very true. Early access to Battlegrounds. Oh, yeah. Huh. I, no, definitely not Battlegrounds. Holy shit! What are you doing, mate? <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to bankrupt this. Yeah. What are you, what's going on? Um, you what's can also us? you can also find the show at uh, iTunes, Android, and the Windows Store under the Gap or the GA Podcast. We can also rate and review us. You can email us questions from the GA Podcast at gmail.com or jump into our Discord channel, which is the address Job was talking about before, the gapodcast.com slash Discord, if you want the link. And uh, we've got a couple channels set up there. You can talk to people or play games if you want to do that. A lot of fun. I think we hit 60 people in there over the weekend. Uh, awesome. So that's that's cool. Lots and lots of people jumping in. Uh, you can also find us on twitter.com slash gapodcast or facebook.com slash the gapodcast which is all our stuff. Um, our website, thegapodcast.com, has all those things on there. Jump in and find all the links to everything we do and past episodes as well. Yes, do that. Download. Download the show. Nice. Um, should we spruik what, what's going on for you guys? What are you doing this week, Job? Anything exciting? Uh, got some stuff going up. And- <laughs> Go. Yeah. No, no. I've got... Um- you can check out my rambling <laughs> Battlefront piece on Oz Gamers, and you can check out a little bit more succinct and focused and, I guess, mainstream-friendly until it, it is not. Uh, in one section, uh, preview on Red Bull. There will also be some interview-based features going up for Battlefront 2, and I believe I've been commissioned to write what I was ranting to you, Joby, uh, about earlier today and also on the podcast somewhat earlier. Um, about mm. the idea of how they can potentially present um, a heroic imperial character in the campaign, which is ultimately fruitless because space Nazis. But uh, and also IGN for a couple of recent features. Cool, I think. Where's yeah. that? IGN. The your. <laughs> oh, it's a fix that for you. It's on Red Bull. Oh, cool. Yeah. Nice. Yep. Uh, I don't have anything going up. Uh, so, yeah. You, you can just find me at twitter.com slash Luke All right. I think Sweet. that's it. And I will no, have... No, you were too slow. You were too slow. You don't get to do it. No, just go to redbull.com slash esports. I don't, I don't think that's the place. <laughs> Fuck. Just go to esports on Red Bull. Fuck. Go to, go to Red Bull and then the drop down menu and then... <laughs> No, it's not a drop-down menu anymore, fuckstick. Oh, what? I haven't been there yeah. in a while. Something else, yeah. So what are you um, got happening on there? Uh, I'm interviewing the Direwolves uh, about their win on the weekend. They um, they won the IPL Season 1 for 2017. And uh, I've got my rebuttal to Nate's uh, theory that Rainbow Six can be Counter-Strike is finally going up. Um, and this time, oh, I really, I, I wanted to make sure I fucking nailed you to the wall, motherfucker. And, uh, <laughs> and yeah, um, it should be good. Awesome. Sounds fun. Um, just while I remember, I'm going to the Intel extreme masters. I think Job's going as well, which will be yes. in Sydney in about three weeks. So we'll be covering that. Mm-hmm. Uh, are you going to that night? I've said that I will go. Okay. <laughs> If you drag me along, I'll probably go. But well, there you go. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to go for the whole weekend. 
Yeah. Cool. Um, so you're, if you're in Sydney for that, come come find us. Say hi. We'll be around. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, I think that's it. Anything else to add here, guys, that you can think of? No? No. 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 All right. Well, we'll be back next week. Um, I'm not sure what we'll be talking about. Anything exciting happening? I don't think there is. What a magic event. Oh, we have a magic event this week. Yeah, we're we allowed to say we have a magic event. We've got a magic well, event. Well, I haven't signed anything, so yes. Actually, it'll be after this. This comes out on Friday, right? So we will have seen it already. Yep. For most people, it comes right. out Friday. Yep. Um, so we'll go to check out some magic stuff. Uh, next week, we'll be recording. Oh, when's Guardians? Tuesday or Monday? Monday. All right, so we'll be fine next week. We'll record Tuesday. Easy. Full, full Throttle Remastered is out this week if you want to play something. No. Uh, and Sniper Ghost Warrior 3 is out on Anzac Day, which is Tuesday next week. Oh, I've heard mm. not good things about that. Well, I'm sorry. I have also schedule, heard so. some rough things about it. Anyway. All right. Well, that's it. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Thanks for listening. See you, Nate. Fuck Thanks for coming along. Thanks, Bye. Nate. Jeez, that's a bit rude. <laughs> I'm lit. Come on. <laughs>